Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh, and Kerry Davis, and Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you tuned in. 201, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. How your, how's your Wednesday going, guys? Everything good? Yeah, not world? bad. Pretty productive Wednesday so far, I'm not going to lie. Been good? Yeah. Well, good. I'm feeling pretty good. You guys get your workouts solid. in? Solid. Yeah, Marsh, nice. Workout for me. No? Yes. Moving slow, man. It's moving slow. Tough day, Carrie. Carrie yeah, what's going on in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just That's not the Carrie Davis we know. I don't know. Some days you, your body needs a rest and mm. took it today. It is hump day. It yeah, is. Yeah, it is well, hump that's day. not much of a rest. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. Well, Carrie, it's good to see you, pal. <laughs> Glad, Glad to be here. Glad, Glad you pushed through. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so blues don't get it on again until uh, tomorrow. Well. Might be hump day for some teams. Not for the Blues. Not today. <laughs> Not today. Blues take on the Islanders tomorrow. And one of the conversations is what are the expectations for Zachary Bolduc? He was called up yesterday. Jamie, you had kind of given the indication of, well, we'll see. We'll see whether or not this is a cup of coffee. We'll see if he yep. gets an extended run. Not somebody that was expected to be called up. He's only 21 years old. This isn't a situation where even the Blues are trying to catch lightning in a bottle. So why bring him up then, if you're Doug Armstrong? Are you just trying to get a look look at him with a certain line? Is there a skill set that he has that you're trying to beef up, so to speak? Why bring up Zach, Zachary Bolduc right now, outside of the fact that Perunovic goes on IR and Justin Falk goes on long-term IR? Yeah, um, well, your five-on-five offense has not been great. And although Zachary Bolduc hasn't exactly been tearing up the American Hockey League, his skill set is that of a player that can create offense. And Drew Bannister even said that this morning following the practice for the Blues was, you know what, everybody so far has had a chance five on five, and it really, we're still kind of stuck in the mud. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he wants to give a guy like Zachary Bolduc an opportunity. And like I said, he's got the speed, he's got the skills, he's got the ability. Does he have the ability to do it at the NHL level? And I think I think that's what the Blues want to find out. Heck. So, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Does that mean anything for anyone else? I told you when I had a teammate, we were watching the draft. He texted me, called me. He said, hey, man, it's been fun. Said, what are you talking about? Hey, writing's on the wall, brother. What are you talking about? Well, they just drafted my position. I'll see you soon. Like, he knew that his time and his yeah. run with us was uh, no longer yeah, does that does that mean something for anyone? I know eventually Snuggaroo to be here. Yeah, and you you got people, but you don't necessarily have enough spaces. So how does that how does that all play out? Yeah, I think initially it'll affect a few things. You know, it's not quite the same parallel. Yeah, football's a little different than, than oh, hockey. Yeah, we're tougher. <laughs> Sorry. That's interesting. <laughs> That's really Hold interesting. Hold on now. <laughs> Kerry literally said he would not <laughs> take would a slap shot and block it. Take a it. slap shot. 
So I apologize, brother. You all are tougher. Give <laughs> no, <up>. it's no. <laughs> but I don't know if you want to block Ray Lewis or James Harrison. Well, I had to block Eric Lindros. Well, he's six, a big fella, five. too. Uh, uh, you kind of got a point. All right, maybe. I think both of you guys are tough. <laughs> I was and just talking about tough the draft. <laughs> <laughs> I was going with the draft. Kerry's all grumpy pants over uh, here. No, he I'm sorry. I apologize. Kerry right. limped into the show and then all of a sudden threw a haymaker. Yeah, out of nowhere. But back to the draft. In the in, in the NFL, a lot of times you select a, pos, a position Correct. player. It's because you're forecasting that you're going to need this player mm-hmm. because your team, whatever. With hockey, with this situation here with Zachary Bolduc, obviously he's a forward. There are lots of forwards that play. But the direct impact right away is that Kasperi Kapanen got bumped. Okay. And that's, you know, so Bolduc got put up a little higher in the lineup than I thought he would originally. I thought he'd play on the third line with Hayes and Saad. Uh, but he's now he's going to play with Shen and Neighbors, and I, I, I don't hate the com- the combination. I think that Braden Shen, obviously one of the most responsible players up front for the Blues. Jake Neighbors, a very responsible player, very good down low, good forechecker. I think it's a it's a nice opportunity for Bull Duke, but you know the residual effect of that is that Kasperi Kapanen now gets bumped down to the third line. He'll play with Saad and Hayes, and then Torpchenko, Sunquist, and Walker will be the fourth line. So the guy who really kind of feeling it is Sammy Blay. He's out in Alexandrov out or mm-hmm. healthy scratches now kind of on the outside looking in. So that's the direct impact of that right now. You mentioned the five on five play, Jamie. How do you improve that? Well, for me, it's 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 all about managing the puck properly. So in other, it's not it's not necessarily about line combinations because that's where I think a lot of fans go to, yeah, a lot of no. media members go to. We you need to find the right line combinations, but I think for you it's actually more basic than that. For me, it's more X's and O's. Like you can put anybody with anybody as long as they're thinking the same way, which is why you know. Speaking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit here, but which is why you also want to make sure you have like-minded players together. Like I said yesterday. So Buchnevich, Thomas, and Cairo, they're going to bring a little bit of a different look every time they hit the ice. It's going to be more of the off-the-rush type of offense. But apart from those guys, you don't really have a rush team. So your team has to become more of a possession team. And the only way you do that is by getting the pucks into the zone and going to get it. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, the, the whole crux of five-on-five mm-hmm. hockey to create offense is established with good puck placement and a good forecheck to get the puck back. And then once you get the puck back, you go to work. You don't just give it away. You don't just shoot pucks from all over the place. That's I think that's the big misconception a lot of Blues fans have is, well, we only got 27 shots on net. You know, sometimes when you shoot the puck, it's a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but if there's no net front presence and you're in a horrible spot, a bad angle, and you throw the puck on net, you're basic, you might as well have turned the puck over at the blue line. Because the goaltender's catching the puck or taking the puck, pushing it to his defenseman, and then they're headed north up the ice. So you've had no time of possession, no zone time. You've given the puck back to the other team by shooting it on net. And I think that's where some people are, are get frustrated. Why don't they shoot more? Trust me, I think they could. For me, once they get inside the dots, you can shoot. Inside the dots, get a shot on net. It's a quality opportunity. Outside the dots, hang on to it. And, and, you know, cycle the puck and keep it down low. So, for me, it all starts with puck puck placement and forecheck. 
Do you foresee uh, any more line changes or movement? I know we talked yesterday about Kyrou probably not being a good pairing with that second line, but Buchnevich feels like a guy that can play anywhere and with any group. Yeah. Could you see him and him and neighbors possibly switching at some point and and allowing neighbors to be with Robert Thomas to get more of that net front presence where Robert he Thomas can. can get more opportunities? I mean, you might. I don't. The one thing you don't want to do is just start screwing with everything. Right. Like you've lost two games in a row. Mm-hmm. You haven't lost ten. Correct. And you're still in a wild card spot. And the last thing you want to do is start to create doubt within your lineup. Right. And if you start shifting guys all over the place and just basically throwing guys here and moving guys around, panic, you're panicking within the lineup, the, right. the team feels that. Right. Guys feel that. And then they get out of a rhythm and, and then they start to doubt things. And then all of a sudden it's like you're gripping the stick a little more and you're not making the plays that you should be making. So if I'm Drew Bannister... I'm not touching too much here. I'm dropping Bull Duke in there. Let's see what he does. He might be one or two periods of really good hockey, or he might just not be able to play, period. Who mm-hmm. knows? And then you alter that as the game goes on. But I'm not tweaking too much here. This team won, what, five in a row. It had won eight out of ten games. I'm not panicking. Gotcha. Jamie, what's the biggest challenge for Zachary Bull Duke as he makes this transition from the AHL to being a 21-year-old now in the NHL. We're actually seeing a lot of a lot of players make their debut. Boston had a guy that made their his mm-hmm. his debut, and I think he scored a goal. There was somebody else that also the made Rangers his debut. F- dropped the puck one second in, and he fought and he, Matt Martin. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Bruins Bruins player that made his debut yeah. and then to wind up scoring a goal. But with Bolduke, the expectations are, hey, just hold your head above water. Try not to make too many mistakes. Going from the AHL to the NHL, what's his biggest challenge? Play recognition. It, it, because the play happens so much faster at the NHL level. Uh, a couple things. The play evolves faster on the offensive side, so you have to know where you're going to be before you're going there mm-hmm. to, in order to help your teammates, puck support, all that stuff. You have to be just a half a step faster physically and mentally. And on the defensive side, the other team shuts things down quickly. So what you have, the, the second and a half you might have at the American Hockey League to find an open player, you've got half a second now. The extra time and space that you get down near the goal line in the American Hockey League, you're not getting that now. The ability to just take off with the puck and you know zip through the neutral zone uncontested, that's not happening. And you, I can tell you this, the Islanders are going to know that it's Zach Bolduc's first game, and they're going to be stepping up on this kid all night long. It's fresh fish, man. You, you're, I'm not joking. You know it is, and you want to make sure that you send a message early to that player that you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk up here. And you look to capitalize off turnovers. Mm-hmm. A lot of young guys will panic and just throw the puck somewhere or hang on to it too long and get the puck stripped from them. So for me, it's play recognition and being able to speed up his brain just a little bit on both the offensive side and defensive side. Well, That, that seems to be the difference between minor leagues – and and professional or yeah. college and and the NFL. The game it's is the so process. Much, yeah, it's, it's, it happens faster. You're a quarterback <laughs> at the college level. You might have a half second more to go through your reads right. in the NFL. In the NFL, not only do you have a half second less or fewer, but you also are dealing with defensive backs or linebackers that are going to close on the ball a lot quicker, yep. or a defensive defensive end that might get to you quicker in the pocket. Yeah. So it's you're your ability to process a lot of information at the, the the highest rate possible, that seems to be one of the biggest differences making tra- making a big transition. It definitely is. It just happens faster. And when you get 
older or when you get more become more of a veteran in the game, it starts to slow down. It's not happening as fast, so mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't feel as as much as it as it did when you were a younger player. Being a younger player and trying to figure things out is like. It, your head is spinning. There's so many things going. It's almost like they got more people out here than they should, I think. I, yeah, it feels like that. <laughs> no. hey, even as you get older, there's some nights. There's some nights I thought the other team had seven guys on the ice. be too many people. How is this allowed? Like, how can there's I not find anybody open? Jamie, there's only five over there. Count them. Uh, well, those so, are the huh? nights, Anthony, <laughs> that I just cleared it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jamie Rivers of Synergy Hockey, SynergyHockeySkills.com. Of course, we're under that umbrella for the Clearer Camp. Spring sessions <laughs> now open. There you go, exactly. We, we're going to have to fill uh, fill some spots. Marsh helped us the other night on the Maryville hockey game. He, he calls hockey for Maryville. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't hear the as, call. As he noted in one of his calls, one of the most important aspects of hockey is clearing it. Ah, well After done. a player accurately cleared it out. Cleared the puck. Unbelievable. I had to let him know. Yeah. Yeah. I had Anthony's to, back. Thank Marcia you, Marcia. wants to be on your staff. Oh, yeah. well, uh, no, he already is. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the uh, the assistant he's GM. recruiting. That's hilarious. Yeah. Marsh is going to have a lot of titles when it's all said and done yeah. here. All right. I already have a rink that I think we could we could get it going and start repping. This is, why I, this is why I hired Marsh. I can clear it. I'm sure. That is. Carrie, you're on the staff. Listen, you're on the staff too, man. Get it out of there. I always ask you, hey, high off the boards, right, Jamie? Yeah, high off the glass. Get off the glass. Let me tell you something. High and hard, baby. High and hard. You want to test a guy's bravery? Get off the glass. See if he wants to stand there or not. If he wants it in the face or not. (laughs) See, Carrie gets it. He gets the philosophy. And I'll tell you something about Carrie Davis. I've always asked Carrie every time that he's coached, I'm like, hey, you have. Can I be the defensive coordinator? (laughs) And every time, Carrie said yes. Every single time. I don't know that I said it every no, time. No, I haven't had the time to uh, yeah. dedicate to it, yeah. but he has said it every time. I did invite him to a game, and he's like, if I give you a play, are you going to do it? I was like, yeah, probably. No, I don't think so. No, you just say, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you run a play, and you're like, that was the one. That, that, that was it. That was it, You said, you're like, what? Well, I wasn't ready for it. Ah, too bad. You missed it. I said to spread him out. You ran the ball. That's what I did. That's unfortunate that Kerry's not coaching anymore. Otherwise, you would get your opportunity. Certainly, Marsh. I appreciate that. Kerry's going to coach youth football. I am. You're more than welcome to come. Now you can be the decoyer. I've got my I got my own flag schedule coming up. We're we're, we're starting Let's up go. again soon. Let's so go. we were the Steelers. We had, oh, really? we had two. We had a split team: That's Steelers and Cowboys. But I did put Killian on the Steelers. Good job, man. Like hey, he's they were actually here over the weekend, uh-huh. and because uh, we had to stop off and, and pick up some stuff. And Killian, who likes the Steelers, I I don't know why, but he just does. Smart but he saw the man. bag. Oh yeah. And he goes Steelers. I go. <laughs> I got to introduce you to Kerry Davis. He's got a Super Bowl ring with the Steelers. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, Jamie said something in the office earlier that he was he was absolutely right about, but it's unfair to the player. We'll tell you who that player is. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I'll remind Jamie next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN, so we're in the office today, and Jamie, who was at his desk, kind of leaned out and he said, boy... A lot of people are kind of making Sonny Gray out to be the savior. Let's hope he. Let's hope he can be the savior. <laughs> let's hope. He's let's hope good. he even has a good season. <laughs> I think that Sonny Gray is going to have a solid season. I, I don't think. I don't think they. I don't think Sonny Gray is going to come in and just be overwhelmed by the situation or take some massive step back from what he has been throughout his career. I think he's going to be solid. But to ask him to be some sort of savior, I, he's not going to be a savior. He's mm. he, he. He's not. 
Your start, your entire pitching well, staff. Well, well, the season, well, well, your entire pitching staff. The season's over. No, I don't even want to watch. Thanks, Anthony. Ninety-two losses now. Yep. Thanks. We just got worse. Can you write that down, Marsh? Today at two twenty, the Cardinals will lose ninety-two games. Yep. Anthony Salter. Boy, that's a huge leap. Is it? You guys think that that Sonny Gray is going to be some sort of savior? He has to be. Why? Yeah, what the hell one man. That's what they got him for. Man. They got 25 other guys on the roster. They had those, yeah. that got, those guys, guys. A lot of those year. guys were there last year, too. Hmm. Hmm? Well, Lance Lynn wasn't here last year. No. So, so Lance Lynn Gibson. is the savior. No, I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm not saying anybody's going to be a savior. It's definitely not Lars Newbar because Anthony, as of yesterday, said that he does not like Lars Newbar. I heard that, too. Well, I, said La- I said Lars Newbar's a solid player. <laughs> These guys, and one of the texters said he's basically garbage. That's not what my sheet says. No, your sheet originally <laughs> said that Carrie and Jamie said that Lars Newbar no, is not good. I didn't write that what down. What you're saying is hearsay. <laughs> Things that are written down are real. Yeah. Evident. It's in it's bookmarked. It's, it's recorded. It's recorded. It's noted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's so, just information. Yeah. So here, yes, that's right. So Analytics. here was my thought when I blurted this out in the office as I'm watching clip after clip after clip after still shot of, still shot of Sonny Gray. Every move he makes. And, yep. Every breath he takes. I'll be, I'll watching, be watching you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a creepy ass song. Yeah. It's a great song. That Remember is that song? Song you said the original yesterday. one from Police. What? Remember, you get the school dance. They play that song. And, oh yeah! Try to interlock the fingers behind. Your... That was your jam. <laughs> yeah. In the grade school. Little, yeah. Little speed wobble. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thought I was just the man too. Anyways, speaking of man, Sonny Gray. Everywhere that I look, he's you know, he's holding court. He's he's yelling out pitches and doing things and crazy stuff, which is I love every bit of it. But my head went to a spot. I was like, okay, what if it's not, what if he's not the savior? We'll just use the word savior. What if he's not the guy that changes everything? What if he has a fine season? Like, then what? Because you, you needed somebody like this last year to kind of guide the, the troops. And now you identified that you didn't have it. So you went and got other guys now who can kind of do this and fix that rotation. What if it doesn't work? Like, now what? You better hope like hell these young guys can come up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's only, just where my head was. That's like, the only if answer. He's not well, like, what if he does all this stuff and all his preparation is excellent and everything he's doing, which I'm very impressed with Sonny Gray. Let's not get confused here. I'm very impressed with him. But what if he goes out and it doesn't work? Because the Cardinals, once again decided to only meet needs and not extend beyond that, you better hope then if this doesn't work with your current group of starters that these young guys can step in. That's the only recourse here. You could try to get to the all-star break or the trade – I should say the trade deadline. You could try to get to the trade deadline and do what you did a couple of years ago and flip – you, you know some of your some of your your roster guys that don't that, that you don't mind losing for guys like John Lester and Jay Happ you could do that but that doesn't solve anything either you need uh, you know what you need your young guys to continue to develop and produce regardless of what happens this season because Kyle Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn are only on one year deals Miles Michaelis isn't going to pitch forever you need to revamp your starting rotation. So that would be my answer regardless, Jamie. So what was the – I mean, what is the 
the mindset for for 2024. If you got those two guys on one year deals and Sonny Gray, I think got a three year deal, he has to be the savior. He has to be because you all told us, not you all, but the Cardinals told us essentially that the reason that they were so bad last year was because of the pitching, mm-hmm. both the starting pitching and the relievers. So they went out and got three new starters. They went out and restructured the bullpen. So that that bullpen is better. I'm going to read to you the opening day lineup from last year. Brendan Donovan, Lars Newbar, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, Tyler O'Neill, Nor- Nolan Gorman, jo- Jordan Walker, and Tommy Edmond. There's only one other person that's going to be flip-flopped, and that's Mason Wynn, sp- suspectedly. That, that's the, the starting lineup for this year. That's the same group of people. That's the same team. So – Sonny Gray has to be what Jamie said. He has to be the person that puts this team on his back every fifth day. And you know, I was listening to Adam Wainwright talk about the impact of a great starting pitcher, how he impacts the day before, his day, and the day after. Mm -hmm. That's three days because you know the bullpen, you can work those guys because his day he's probably not going to need the bullpen as much. And then the day after, the bullpen had a rest so they can be back revved up. It impacts three days from from an ace. This is what he is brought here for. Uh, that's what they told us. So that's what he has to be. Otherwise, as you said earlier, at 220, going to lose 92 games. I did not say that. Yeah, I heard that's you. a cop-out, though. <laughs> it's not verbatim, it, 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 but you did say That's a cop-out, though. I don't, I, I, why, did you, why do you have Nolan Arenado? Like, all of a sudden, I, it's the same lineup, though. Carrie, These I are am the so, same people. Yeah, I am I, so Other than sick. Mason Wynn and Tyler O'Neill, swap those two out. It's the same People, it is. Kerry, I, Jamie, I am so sick <laughs> of allowing guys like Nolan Arenado off the hook. Just because you you sign Sonny Gray Who doesn't let him off the hook. You guys are letting no, him off not. the hook we're by saying, saying Sonny Gray has got to be the savior. No, we're saying it's the same team. Okay, so Nolan, so Nolan Arenado doesn't have to improve defensively from what he had a year ago. Well, yes. he does. And does Jordan Walker not have to take the next step? Yes. They does do. Mason Wynn have to make the transition? I mean, to just say one guy needs to be a savior, I think, is absurd. No, I think you're missing the point. Uh, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think you're missing our point. Our point is that, yes, your offense and your your guys have to continuously take strides forward, especially your young guys in Nolan Arenado and Goldie. Those guys have to play like the back of their baseball card. Mm -hmm. This is what we're expecting. This is what we want to happen. What we're saying about Sonny Gray is he has to be the savior because last year you had those guys. Down year for some of them. The back half of that season was better for Nolan Arenado defensively. But your rotation and your pitching staff from top to bottom – didn't get the job done. So now you went out and signed. I mean, this is some of the most turnover I've seen at the pitching position in forever for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. You you revamped everything. So if you went and revamped everything that doesn't work, that's a huge problem. You had to revamp everything. It was so that. bad. Yeah, it was I terrible. Know. And you completely revamped your bullpen. Everything. So you've got multiple new guys, not just Sonny Gray. No, but he's the big ticket item he's the one you're stuck for with the cardinals he's a big ticket item. i know but that it's not like he's, i'm not talking about the cubs but he's not today. yamamoto jamie it's not like it's well, no it, we couldn't afford him <laughs> right so but you, he's your ace anthony's what i'm saying he's your guy he's never been he's never been tomorrow, a dude though if the playoff started tomorrow who's the pitcher you're giving the ball to sonny gray hopefully there you go. so that's all you need to know he's your guy i don't care if he's, he's i don't care if he's ranked 15th in major league baseball or 21st in major, right. he's your guy which ultimately, to me, is part of the problem. But I agree. Okay, so that I agree with. 
because we're viewing this as like he's he's an ace. He's not an ace. He's our ace. Well, I, so he's not. Yeah, but he, he, he was be. he was third in Major League Baseball in ERA last year, mm-hmm. right? He eight and eight played started thirty two games. If you're third behind Blake Snell and Garrett, uh, and Garrett Cole, I think that's that's ace ish, and he is our ace. We don't have. Anybody else, we can say, well, we didn't get Shohei or we didn't get Blake Snell still out there. We didn't get any of these guys. But we got the guy that is third in ERA. Now, the other guys, they struggled a little bit, giving up a lot of hits and a lot of earned runs. Yeah. But he has to be that guy that every fifth day, you know the bullpen is going to get a rest and he's going to go out there and give you quality starts. And I think that last year the Cardinals missed out on that. They, they didn't held get their enough breath. quality starts. Yeah, 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 they held their breath every every start. They were holding their breath. Please, bullpen was in there. Please get Please. us to five. Please get us, get us to six. I'm tired, balls. I don't want to pitch today. Oh, okay. Gotta get ready. <laughs> that, that, that was that was the life of the bullpen last year. Sonny Gray. I think we're setting. I think we're setting all this up for disaster. You said it. I think Sonny Gray that was can only be my question to begin with. Sonny Gray can only <laughs> be Sonny Gray. I'm like, are I, we doing? Again, are we putting too much on this? Yes, guy? we absolutely are. Because Sonny Gray can only be Sonny Gray. He can't. He, Spencer Strider or Sonny Gray? Who would you rather have? Spencer Strider. Zach Wheeler or Sonny Gray? Zach Wheeler. Okay. Not even. But we seeing, don't have them. I know, but. To just, Otani, you, too. you can't just wish. <laughs> and you can't just, just say, I'll well, he's, Tani, since he's, he's not our ace, he's going to be these other guys. He's not. He's not those guys. <laughs> Nobody's our guy. Somebody can play. Somebody can. Somebody can play the he's Christian. Ma- somebody could play the Mister the Christian McCaffrey role, but that doesn't mean he's Christian McCaffrey. Nobody he needs to be our Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Does that not sound ridiculous? He's not Christian McCaffrey. But he can lie. He's your Christian McCaffrey. He's a guy like Christian McCaffrey. He's your ace because you didn't go get an ace. That's correct. That's what I'm saying. Well, you're screwed. (laughs) 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 If this guy has to be the ultimate savior and not just be a a good pitcher, which is what he is. He's got to be a dude, man. He's got to be the guy that every five days you feel relaxed. We got a a text here, Jamie, from Jamie's Vacation Speedo 228. Jamie hates Lance Lynn. I never even said anything about Lance Lynn. That's probably know. why. I don't yeah, hate probably why you hate him. Probably why you I actually kind of like that big burly yeah. dude. Then his pink Bronco. Like, yeah, Bronco. I, but I'm, I saw I, it. You know what? I would ride it. I think I would he's ride fine. In the car. Any, the any, car. any man who's the that car. comfortable. <laughs> Whoa. We're talking about the truck, right? The truck, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know for a second. Any guy who rolls up in the pink Bronco with confidence, <laughs> he's not lacking any nah. self esteem. He's fine. What's trending is next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg. Weber gas or charcoal grill and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Carrie Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, City SC, first game of the year, first match of the year. There you go. They defeat Houston 2-1 in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Take a listen. This is what the second goal sounded like. They won the victory. Pompeo with a goal. Well, it was excellent. I just wish it was longer. Yeah, I mean, well said. Yep, good job. (laughs) FS2, by the way. I didn't realize there was an FS2. Anybody else? Uh, Anybody else FS2? No, No, I knew that. I knew it was a thing. Maybe you did. Well, I've seen FS1. FS1. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know they had to do basketball games on. I didn't just assume there was an FS2. Do or do? Yeah, that was an ESPN2. Yeah, and three and. The old, the old show, yeah, yep. Apparently, this guy was calling the game from a closet. I think <laughs> inside <Yeah>. his home. <laughs> yeah. So, MLS trying to grow the league and certainly grow the sport. We here in St. Louis know just how popular City is here. There's no doubt the brand is incredible. The team had a great year, and the fans supported it big time. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to try and grow your sport to where you have viewers on a certain channel because you're you're deeming it to be important as televised, one, find maybe a more mainstream channel. Two, maybe have the play-by-play guy live at the field. He was remote location, and they didn't give him an analyst. So this guy did play-by-play and the analyzing for 90 straight minutes without commercials. What a talent. You get paid for Seriously. Both? I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> no! Of course not. If they didn't give him an analyst, it's because they wanted to save yeah. money. You do both you of these You didn't travel jobs. either. I mean. Well, that sounds pretty That's different. terrible. Yeah. Not, it's terrible for the, not it's a terrible ideal. look for the sport. Terrible look for the broadcast. It's you want your, you want to grow your sport? That's not what that's no way to do it. Yeah. You want to grow your sport here. Anthony, did you not like that? Go yeah, call. Fine. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Poor guy to be on air for 90 straight minutes. He almost f- passed out. After I'm sure that. he did. He yeah. almost did. But he, he Dehydration. Survived. By himself. I hope he was drinking. Maybe he was. <laughs> I kind of hope he was, too, at this it's point. It's like, screw it. Yeah, who cares? I gotta be here. <laughs> Nobody knows I'm here. He wasn't, <laughs> even on, he wasn't even on camera. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's that sound? <laughs> I guess you just got to get down to the stadium and watch it live. Him? No, if you're a fan, that way you don't have to. Oh, if you don't yeah. want to listen to it. That's what if true. it's sold out, Andrew? I don't know. Find your way in. It's a good if point, I, Marsh. If I want to, it's a good point. Get my soccer on. Mm-hmm. I want to get my soccer on. Okay, give me a good broadcast. All right. Jeez. <laughs> I like the Any other call. questions, Marsh? No, I get it. I Marshy's get it. Marshy's stuck on the goal call. Marshy, here's a problem. It's, it's, a, it's a great goal Hang call. Anthony, I have a great idea. I have a great idea. Marshy, mm. you love that goal call. Mm. So from here until Friday, okay. I want you to somehow take that goal call and make a mix, a remix of it, and drop in some of your own lyrics, too. Give me a, I don't like it that much. Give me a DJ Marshy Marsh remix with the goal in it. Uh, That's if you like it, of course. Yeah. Apparently you don't. Yeah, I like it. No, well, I, lo- I don't clearly. love it, though. Uh, and all of a sudden. Uh, okay. And clearly you guys don't want more like of it. Project. <laughs> Interesting. He didn't like his little home no, project. No, he didn't. He, liked to, he, he was projecting on us. Yep. Hey, you should like this as much as I do. And now he doesn't like it as and much now as he yeah, doesn't like it as much as he thought he did. Okay. Disappointing. Good to know. It's like mm. Anthony and Lars Newpar. Oh, nope. Wow. He's not like that at all. Now he's projecting again. He is. <laughs> That's all right. I know what I said yesterday. It's on, no, you don't. It's on audio. <laughs> it's, it's been recorded. It's written on my paper. I've it's been pro Lars. Right. The only person in this studio right now that could say that. That's not true. We love Lars Newpar. Yeah. Give me the newt. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, on a more serious note, uh, this came across the text line. Um, there is a fundraiser for a local St. Louis hockey player, Micah Davey, out of St. Peter's Hockey Club. Um, on Sunday, he sustained a tough hit into the boards, resulting in a severe neck injury. Thanks to the quick-thinking medical staff in the Lake St. Louis ER, they immediately placed Patrick in a neck mobilizer, and he was transported to Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital where it was confirmed that Patrick had broken his neck. Mm. CT scans verified multiple fractures within the lower vertebrae in his neck, and his his injury was extremely dangerous, and he was very lucky that an additional one millimeter of pressure on his spinal column would have left him paralyzed. He did go uh, underwent successful surgery uh, yesterday to stabilize his spine and remove the risk of spinal cord injury. There is a GoFundMe and the goal was $10,000, and they're already past $15,000. So uh, that's great news. Uh, the St. Louis community stepping up, the hockey community stepping up. So we appreciate the uh, texter that, that gave us this information. You know, the, the young man going through the injury, the parents impacted by, by that, obviously. Nobody should have to go through that when you're playing a game that you love. It is unfortunate that it's a part of it, it is a part of sports, especially contact sports, something like this. But no family should have to go go through something like this. It is great news that he that that he received successful surgery, and I am not surprised at all that people stepped up for for this family. I just the more you know, the the world is crazy as we know, and we we hear a lot of the negative stuff, but when people are in need and ask for help. I'm often blown away by the, by people that stand that that step up and say I I will help. I'm I'll a, contribute. I, I, I want to you know obviously give my uh, you know thoughts and prayers to the young man and their family, but I also want to give a shout out to the people that were there on hand first to make sure that he was you know 
not moving and, and they kept him in the same place and didn't allow him to hurt himself any further because you know at times especially in sports our, our natural inclination is oh get up get moving and, and to be able to get out there get to him quickly enough to make sure they were able to stabilize him and not allow him to move. it's one of the biggest fears you have as a parent of a kid that plays a contact sport or a coach of children that play contact sports because you know that at any given moment and it's not it's never intentional. It's it's something that you work on, you coach, and then something happens, and it just is a is a freak accident. So, you know, hats off to those men and women that were there to help stabilize him immediately and quickly to make sure that he didn't do more damage to himself. And thankfully, you know, as you said, surgery went well. The family, I'm sure they're they're prayerful and thankful of that. He's got a, probably got a long road ahead of him, but I hope everything works out well for him and he's okay. Yeah. Uh... And thoughts and prayers for sure for for the young man as he recovers and um, had a chance to have some dialogue with his coach Jeff Bridges who reached out to me a couple days ago just kind of you know, letting me know about the event <clears throat> he reiterates that the success the surgery was successful and then he might even be able to go home tomorrow wow that's, that's, that's good awesome. news which would be huge yeah. so again um, you know Marshy did you give out the GoFundMe page for this one does it have a name attached to it? Um, it just says number 92, Patrick Davey family. Um, if anyone wants to text in, I can certainly shoot them the the link. Yeah. And obviously, the more help, the better. You know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot more than the 10,000. Anybody who knows about what good medical care costs and it just yeah. does. It's going to be way more than the 10 grand. So continue to donate as generously as you have. Well said. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stolzer. There was a media member that floated out an idea or an opinion about how why we we still see Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery unsigned. I'm interested in your guys' take on this because I don't know if I necessarily agree with this with this thought. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Travis uh, Swachik. You're gonna say Travis Swift. <laughs> it's like Travis not Swift yet. No, Travis Swachik of MLB. He's an MLB writer for the for the Score. He tweeted this out, and this is it's an interesting take. And I wanted your your guys' opinion on this because maybe I'm not I'm not grasping what Travis is trying to say here. But he said the big issue for MLB free agents is really not about signing windows or anything like that. In 2001, position players 29 and under accounted for 57% of plate appearances and a 57% of war. In 2023, position players 29 and under accounted for 66% of plate appearances and 72% of war. Most production on the field is from pre-arb players. What's stopping the sport from becoming younger? So if I'm reading this correctly, Travis is suggesting... That the reason why guys like Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery haven't signed yet is because they're negotiating with teams that either A, have an understanding, or B, want want younger players and want to invest in younger players. So thus, they're having to battle through this and they're not getting signed. 
Well, I, I think that does have something to do with it. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Probably the length of the contracts. I think, you know, teams are starting to realize, you know, the older these guys get, the the worse or the, 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 the play starts to go downhill. So why would we want to sign a guy that is 31 to an eight-year deal, mm-hmm. knowing that when he's 39 or 37, we're not going to get the same type of play out of him? And, and maybe that's kind of the route that some of these teams are going. They want – lower deals but as a player you want that financial security for a number of years and obviously the the number that you want to hit and if the, if the top, if the two sides don't match it's hard to to get a deal yeah i mean but that's the push and pull of negotiations yeah. in all of the sports yep is the the player wants the most term the most money and the team wants the 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 least amount of money for the most amount of term so it, it's crazy and look i think baseball I think baseball needs a little bit of a revamping when it comes to their free agency. And I don't know oh, if anybody... They don't have a window. It, it's, it's, it never ends. It, it, it opens. Nobody does anything. Like basketball, football, when free agency opens, you know guys are signed. They're, they're, they're rolling. And then the MLB, it's like, yeah. is it open? Well, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking more about the structure. Pre-arb. Of, yeah. Like, the, once you have a guy that's cost-controlled, you have this guy until he's basically out of his prime. Mm-hmm. And then now he's supposed to cash in on the big deal. Well, right. what teams have figured out is why would I give this player six, seven, eight years, ten years, whatever they want to give at 30 years old? Like, it's just not, no, I'm right. not doing it. So if I was the baseball union, which are the strongest union in sports, all this going back and forth, why did they not just lobby harder to lower free agency to like that 26 27 mm-hmm. spot you know what i'm saying yes i do so that now if you if you have a 26 year old or 27 year old you're looking at an eight-year deal it's not terrible for you right and then the player can cash in and the team can also get term on that one now the team can get the years because they're like they're not going to say well the last three years of that deal we're going to eat that because you know he's 30 now and when he's 37, his play's mm-hmm. going to dip. Right. I feel for the players because you're right, Jamie. The The arbitration process does not allow for them to get a, get their fir- first bite of the apple. Unless they come up early, like a Bryce right. Young or a Juan yeah, Soto. I mean, there's, there's, obviously, there's always the exception yes. to the rule. But most of the guys, to your point, Jamie, they might hit free agency if they're lucky at 28. Most times, they're not, they're not hitting free agency until 29. And then teams are like, yeah, I'm not giving you a six-year deal. I, I feel bad for the players. I don't blame the teams. No. Why am I going to pay you for past production? I'm going to pay you more money to get less production. How much sense does that make? But when it comes to the in this case, I wonder, and I don't know. I'm not I'm not privy to the Blake Snell negotiations or the Jordan Montgomery negotiations. But I wonder, guys, if the if the player has become more and more selective, because Major League Baseball is woefully top heavy. You've got the Dodgers, you've got the Braves, you've got the Phillies, you've got the Yankees, you've got the Astros. Orioles just came about, but they're not they're they're unlikely to spend big time money. Mm-hmm. You only have a finite group of teams that you could pit, that you could play for that are willing to give you money and willing to give you a, a chance to win. There are plenty of teams that are desperate. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that have made offers for Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. But if these two guys are competitors, and they are, and they want to win, well, now your your market gets smaller. You have fewer options. And if you're the Phillies, the Braves, the Dodgers, and you already have a lot, a lot of your roster in place, you're not going to float out a contract that's going to be 
fair market value if you don't have to. I think that's the case. Teams have always wanted to be younger. Yeah. So to your point, Anthony, what I've really noticed, especially in baseball, is if you're a really good player, there's really only like five or six teams. Correct. I mean, it's not like the NHL. It's not mm-hmm. like the NFL. Right. Like I don't know about the I don't know enough about the NBA to even to venture into that territory. But my point is like Blake Snell. Well, there's 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 a number of teams that aren't even calling your agent. Mm-hmm. A number of them because they don't want to spend. They can't afford it. They're, 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 they they're not going to spend, yeah. yep. and they have no use for you. Yep. There was ten teams right there. That's gone. So right away, and then you go, let's go to the next level. Well. Are they in your budget? Most of them not. So cut those There's teams too. Five. So then you're ending up with like a pool of maybe seven teams. Right. Maybe that'll be able to spend to satisfy the Montgomery deal or the Snell. So, but then there are two guys out there. So now you can, it, it lowers your chances again mm-hmm. because whoever signs first, like whoever panics first is going to set the market. Sure. So it's really kind of set up for failure. And you're also a human being. Thank you. Which means <laughs> you're, <welcome. laughs> you're also a human being, which means you you don't want to pitch or play for certain teams. You don't mm-hmm. want to live in certain cities. Mm-hmm. You have your preferences as well. So Jamie, like you're saying, slash another couple of teams off the list. It ends up being like four or five teams, right. and that's it. It's the same and if those four teams, the same freaking teams. <laughs> and if those four teams are saying, here's our offer, it's going to be a three-year deal, and you wanted a five- or six-year deal, mm-hmm. well, you're going to hold out, hoping that these teams get desperate, and when they don't, now you really got to make a decision. Yeah. Do I want to pitch on a one-year deal and try it again next year when I'm a year older? Or do I go to a, a team that's not really competitive just to get my my my, my fair, uh, fair market value? I think that is more in play than what, Travis at the score is talking about, which is teams want to get young. Teams have always wanted to get younger. Yeah, they've always wanted young, cost control players. That 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 that, that doesn't change. So I, I, good luck if you're, you know, these three guys are still trying to get deals. I've I've maintained that they'll they'll get good deals, but they may have to settle for not, great, not the man. five or six year deal. Well, they may have to settle for a team that they don't want to pitch yeah. for. Ultimately, in Montgomery, I think he's fallen into that category now where maybe he's overplayed his hand. Yeah. And I think teams are like, yeah, which version? Which right. version are we getting? Yeah, are we getting are, last year's version getting, or, or like, the guy that yeah. was deemed by the Yankees as kind of a fourth starter? Yeah. And was willing to give him up for so, a, an injured center fielder. We'll throw three years at you. I'm not going five, six, or seven. I'm right. not going like, yeah, eh, you I'm want not, the money or the still, term? Still not sure about this guy. Right. And Blake I, Snell, he doesn't pitch past the fifth inning. Correct. Right. Yeah. So again, yeah. he's he's limiting his own. Right. Yeah, he value. walked well, last year. Last year he walked too many players. I want guys that just want to be here. Well, you got him. Yeah. Uh, okay. You got him. Well, don't worry about yep. that. They're I, here. That's what yeah. I want. You got him. You're good. Okay. We don't know if they're going to pitch well. Doesn't matter. I, do, I don't care. Here. I just but, want them but to, they to want, want to be, to be here. here. That's so correct. Yep. That matters. So they still be ready to lead. Maybe. Yeah, I think those guys will. Yeah, certainly. How much different would the Blues be with Ryan O'Reilly over Kevin Hayes? That was a Blues Views hypothetical that was thrown out, and we we like hypotheticals here in the Fast Lane, so we'll, we'll answer that question next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Effing with the Blues be with Ryan O'Reilly over Kevin Hayes. 305, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It's an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers, Gary Davis, Anthony Stalter. It's the fast lane. So this was provided by Blues Views at SDL Blues Views online. It's a marsh dug up, and uh, this is kind of an interesting hypothetical. As Blues Views noted, ROR, Ryan O'Reilly, has a 900K higher AAV and would have cost an extra year, but I think SDL is substantially better, a better team, especially in the playoffs, with O'Reilly over Hayes. Jamie. Yeah, what? <laughs> How much different would the Blues be with Ryan O'Reilly over Kevin Hayes? Well, look, all things being equal here, Ryan O'Reilly, his role... <laughs> what? That's a funny... <laughs> What? Oh. I was yeah. like, I moved what? on, and Anthony started laughing. I was like, what? What? Nah. I thought, oh, what do you want? It just, it just hit me. I, I like, thought what? all what things being equal made you laugh. No. Um, all right. Take two. Sorry. All things being equal, Ryan O'Reilly's... <laughs> I knew somebody was going to do it. I knew somebody was going to do it. I knew somebody. So, so if you look at Ryan O'Reilly, he's two yeah. years older than, than Kevin Hayes, right? Uh-huh. He's just an older player, plus that $900,000 difference. Right. That could be a lot of money for a team that's up to the cap, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. You know, with yep. all that being said, <laughs> I think Jamie's probably the perfect person to talk about. Let's ask Jamie. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, what do you Jamie, think? Jamie, your thoughts. <laughs> well, I just found out from the boss that I'm contractually obligated yeah. to talk on here. Yeah, none of us so, are. It wasn't in my best interest to walk away. <laughs> Look, the clear camp is all fun. And, you know, it's all good and well, but... Uh, talk hockey. Yeah, yeah, you need to talk we, hockey we talk on the Blues you. Radio Network. All right. So let's change this a little bit. If things were different... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly here in St. Louis, his role wouldn't be the same as it is in Nashville. He's number one center in Nashville. He plays every power play, all that stuff. He wasn't going to be number one center here in St. Louis. Robert Thomas is your number one center. And I think that I think that the argument is fair that you're happy with that situation right mm-hmm. now. So for me, it's not really a O'Reilly versus Kevin Hayes and how you would look because O'Reilly wasn't going to, as a free agent, wasn't going to come back here and play third line for you. Just wasn't. And I don't know if the Blues were going to go to the, even though it's 900K, we act like, ah, oh, it's nothing. It's it, That's a full player. Mm-hmm. That's another player that the Blues were able to put on their roster because they have less than $4 million committed to one player, in this particular case, particular case Ryan O'Reilly. And then it also, you have to imagine, it's not that Ryan O'Reilly didn't want to come back to St. Louis. He loved his time here. And there were even rumors and rumblings that he would want to come back here. But Barry Trotz and the Nashville Predators threw him a really good deal. Like, yeah. I don't even... you got to factor that in. I see what you did there. It's O'Reilly factor. O'Reilly factor. <laughs> well done. Um, got it. Did you do it on purpose? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I did not. But I don't even know if Army had a chance to pick up the phone and call him mm-hmm. before Nashville and Barry Trotz was like, we need to change our culture. I just got rid of two guys, and I'm bringing in Ryan O'Reilly. So it's not exactly apples to apples. Now, if Ryan O'Reilly was fine being your third-line center and you got him for about the same price as Kevin Hayes, and it, I still be, I still make the argument, though, is he as productive mm-hmm. because he's not going to get the, the lion's share of the ice time. He's just not because it's Robert Thomas's world here now at the center ice position. And would he help your team? Of course he would. I mean, it's Ryan O'Reilly. We watch this guy day in and day out. We just saw him 
in here not what, last weekend with the Predators. He's, he's a great player. But I just don't know if the Blues are willing to go four years. I don't know if they're willing to go four million. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately don't know if Ryan O'Reilly would have chose the Blues over the Predators based upon the money and the term of the deal. Sure. And the role, and, like and you role. said. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, do you think this is more a question about Kevin Hayes and what he's done so far in the Blues uniform? I think question. there were maybe higher expectations for him. Yeah, I think if you ask Kevin, I think that he would say that he wishes he would he would he would that he's been able to contribute more offensively. Mm-hmm. As it sits right now in 55 games, he's got 22 points. Um, not enough, right? I mean, not not enough. And, and Kevin knows that he wants to score goals, he wants to create offense. It just hasn't happened, and this is one of the reasons that you know the Blues have struggled five on five. Is is some of the production from some of the guys like Kapanen, Hayes, Sammy Blay, um, you know, you work your way down. You, you got a lot of guys who haven't really put up a lot of offense. Even, you know, Nathan Walker's got seven points in, in 19 games, but you know what you're getting from Nathan Walker. All right. So I, I look at it as oh boy, n- not necessarily that you're unhappy with Kevin Hayes. I just think that you'd like some more offense because from a team standpoint and a culture standpoint, he's really helped this team. Right. He's been a really good leader. He's been a solid guy with the young guys. The veterans really respect him. He's done a, a good job in the face-off dot. So, yeah, yes, more offense from him would probably make people happy. I think that there's a lot of season left, and we could see a lot more from Kevin Hayes. You never know. Right, Justin Falk, his first year here in St. Louis, it wasn't that great, but then he played great in the bubble, and he's been doing well ever since. I think you just got to give it time, right? Kevin Hayes will come around. Yeah. It's going to be great. Sammy Blay, maybe he can get back to where he was in the summer when he was playing in the international games. This Blues team, there's a lot to look forward to. Excited. You seem excited. excited. It doesn't hit as much as the the other Cardinal glasses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's good. Probably probably because I can't see. (laughs) No, Marsh, I think you did great, man. I I think that uh, you fired up a lot of Blues fans. I really do. I don't. I don't know. That, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think they're ready to run through a wall right now, uh, with their Kevin Hayes sweaters on. Maybe not. Okay. Right. Who's one Cardinal that we should keep our eye on for spring training? Kerry's got two guys that he just continues to pound the table for. He'll tell you those two guys next. I want to win ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast lane on 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. Who is the one Cardinal that we should keep our eye out on for in spring training? Kerry, I feel like there's two guys that you want to highlight. Well, I, I, there were two guys that, um, you know, really sparked my interest. And I, I mentioned them a couple of days ago. One, you all laughed at me. You laughed. and Steven I, I was, yes, that's You better believe it. That's one. And the other one is... <laughs> The one that's probably going to be the center fielder at some point, and that's Dylan Carlson. And so, hey, uh, Katie Wu did a roundtable, Cardinals roundtable. Which teammates are they most excited to see play? And guess who 
my guy, Dylan Carlson, said he is most excited to see play. Steven Matz. Steven Matz. Mm. So Carrie, those two are tight. Yes, sir. How did those guys become so tight? Mm. Well, so it, here's the thing. It mm. says, from Dylan Carlson, I'd probably say Steven Matz. You know, I spent a lot of time with him last year rehabbing, and oh, I know how hard he works and the work he put in. That's the guy I'm definitely looking forward to see. Now, oh boy, here, we oh, here in St. Louis, down here in Jupiter, we are preparing for these two men to do have a fantastic season. You asked me the other day, which pitcher would I say has the least? You all said Steven Matz, both of you, you and you. Yeah, we Did you write that down, Marcia? They hate Steven Matz. Yeah. I, for one, love him. I like Steven Matz. No, no, no. Matz. You said you hate him. I heard you. want to see him pitch. You, yeah. He's Somewhere going else. to 30 <laughs> games. Wow. Oh. 30 games this season. He's going to be your fifth starter and work his way up. You better believe it. And Dylan Carlson, you know, Tommy Evans, a hell of a second baseman. You know what would make it better? When Dylan Carlson is starting in center field and that middle of the infield, that middle, right up the middle, shortstop, second base, center field. Whew. Can you imagine? How awesome that's going to be when all three of those guys are rolling, rocking and rolling. It's going to be ex- when all three of those guys. All can't three of those guys. Plate. What? What are we talking about? All Tommy three of them struggle. We're going to have Dylan Carlson back from one side of the back. From one side. We're not going to worry about which side. Which, whichever side he hits best from, you know, <laughs> which was the right side, I believe. He struggled <laughs> versus righties. He, those lefties, he though. Hit, he hit a home run mm, left-handed mm, against Shohei Otani. Did. Who else can say that? Which version of show? It doesn't matter. What do you mean? The, the one where he had like a um, single season career or whatever of strikeouts go. against the Cardinals this past season. And right. who did it, Marsh? Dylan Carlson. D.C. Didn't know if his arm was hurting him. Nope. He was in good shape. So those two guys. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals still lost that game. Well, you don't yeah. have to say that, Marsh. That makes sense. No, it's just that was a team thing. Dylan Carlson, center field. Steven Matz, fifth starter. 20-plus game starting. ERA of 3.2. Oh seven. Yeah, I want to see Yvonne Herrera this oh, spring training. Yeah, because I, I I hope that Yvonne Ivy. Yeah, what are they? Yeah. Boys and Ivy. Boys and Ivy. Ivy to the other team. He's boys. Yeah, in. not inside the Cardinals. No clubhouse. Anyways, Yvonne Herrera. I think he's going to get forty to forty-five starts behind the dish. This is this was once the heir apparent to Yachty. He wasn't ready. You know, a year ago to take over, they signed Wilson Contreras to the big deal, but Wilson Contreras can go back and forth between catcher and DH. Yvonne Herrera is a young guy that I want to see. Like, obviously, I want to see Win and I want to see Jordan Walker, but those those two guys we know are going to have their opportunities to start. Yvonne Herrera could carve out a pretty significant role for himself for this season, and it starts with spring training. We've seen guys say, Brendan Donovan carved out a huge role for himself a couple years ago by by starting out in spring training and forcing the Cardinals to say, hey, we're not going to go back up to St. Louis without this guy. I hope that Yvonne Herrera gives Ali Marmol and his coaching staff a lot of confidence that he can be the number two guy behind Contreras, but also, again, somebody that's capable of starting 40 to 45 games yeah. behind the plate. I, for me, it's Jordan Walker. Uh, you know, the young man, uh, he forced his way onto the team last year. I don't think everyone had him penciled in to break spring training and come to St. Louis. Um, he did. He had a little speed bump, went back down, came back up, stayed, and then continued to progress as the season went on. Spent the entire offseason in Jupiter working on fielding and playing in the outfield. He got bigger, too, if that was even humanly possible. <laughs> this guy is I – mean, he, like yeah, he looks like a defensive end for the NFL. I mean, he's just massive – 
He's tweaked his swing a little bit here. I'm, I'm very excited to see the progress because a young player like that, that's when you really can see a spike is year to year for these young players. You do, you obviously you hit a certain plateau at some point where you're at now you're just trying to maintain mm-hmm. instead of lose. But for the next, you know, four or five years, Jordan Walker is going to continue to kind of have these little spikes of improvement. And I'm just anxious to see just how much of a spike there is this year. Going back to the Dylan Carlson thing, I think that actually is a, a player that that we do need to keep an eye out on. And I know, Kerry, you said, oh, yeah, Dylan Carlson when he's starting in center field. I don't know if that's a good thing. If he's starting in center field early on in the season, that means somebody's either injured or they're not playing well. Yeah, and that that's player not is Tommy a good Edmund. thing. Or yeah. he just lit it up in spring training. Tommy Edmund won't be able to face live live pitching for another several weeks. There's a chance that Dylan Carlson is your starting center fielder to start the year. Because Tommy Edmonds on the men still. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get a full spring training, you may need him to go on the IL and then have him do kind of a, a late spring training. I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. Apparently, he's, he's taking swings with one hand, trying to get the timing down, trying to build strength up. But that wrist is still has still left him in a spot where he can't he he can't take full swings against live pitching for another another couple of weeks. So Kerry could get his wish, at least one of them. Do you think that there's a player right now that is not on our radar that could be one of those Brendan Donovans where like this dude has to be on the team? Victor Scott may force his way. I hope so. He may force his way into uh, an opening day spot. <clears throat> I, Starting I center put, fielder? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. Well, then I if Dylan Carlson does not have a big spring, and Victor Scott does, and Tommy Edmond is not ready to go on opening day, that's if, a scenario in which you could see Victor Scott. If that happens, who's the odd man out? Is it Burley? Because we were talking about him yesterday. Oh, Burley, yeah, Bur- Alec Burleson. Provided that Tommy, but well, Tommy, I'm, in this scenario, Tommy Edmond would be the guy that's going on the IL. But when he comes back healthy, you still got to. Then, move. well, Victor Scott would have X amount of games to show that he should stay at the big mm. league level. Well, I, I hope we don't go through that again. We saw that last year. Told us Jordan Walker was going to be here, and then they sent him down. Yeah, but, but for what? A week and a half? He was that beating was the month. ball into the ground. It was, was about a month. No. Yeah. He had like a 12 game hitting streak. There was, I know. There, there was, was a lot of seeing or something safe. like that. There was a lot of seeing but eye the singles. Exit velo. You're you right. You the guys exit velo. criticize a guy for getting on base. <laughs> you guys act like the Cardinals committed the biggest crime known to man by sending Jordan Walker down to get. That, that's why I'm pointing <laughs> well, these here's guys. The, here's the thing. He went down and they asked him, "What did you work on?" He said, "I didn't change anything." This is what got me here. So he went there, and they told him, work on your launch angle. And he, no, nah, I, I I did what I normally do. You and I'm And he hearing? came back and had more. He, he had and he the, had more lifts. Uh, he had more success because he was further along than he was when he first started. And he was hitting the ball in the air more. He's a big dude. He shouldn't be hitting the ball into the grounds. You guys act like the Cardinals murdered his family. Um, wow. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think, I, I don't think we went but, that far. I mean, I was with you till that point. <laughs> this is how I make my points. I go so far over the top that you, you they're irrefutable. Or does the point get blurred? At that? <laughs> Probably. I think it does. But Jamie, it's part of my shtick. Uh, yeah. Well, he came back up, got more lift, wound up staying here the entire time. 
Steven Matz, Dylan Carlson. <laughs> I love how every, every conversation goes right back to those two guys for Gary. He's found two guys that he's rooting for. The other guys I expected from, okay? I expect Jordan Walker to have a year. I expect Wilson Contreras to have a year. Nolan and, and, and Goldie. Those guys, Mason Wynn, I, it, essentially his rookie year, I don't, I don't put too much pressure on. But those two guys, because they have the talent. When you got the talent... And the work ethic. They were rehabbing together, Jamie. Oh, yeah. They were sticking by each other's yeah, side. They were, they were. They're going to be each other's biggest fan. Yep. Probably right back there, too. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, come, come on. on. <laughs> Always trying to get guys injured. I'm not trying to do anything. I didn't say that. I don't want that for them. Root for a healthy. I also like to play the odds. <sighs> We're going to play Prove Me Wrong next. Oh. <laughs> Air Comfort Service Sex Line, 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service Sex Line. If you want to send in a Prove Me Wrong statement, uh, we'll enter the Honorable Judge Andrew Marsh's courtroom next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. That's right. Time for Prove Me Wrong in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Air Conference Service text line is 314-399-9646 if you have a Prove Me Wrong statement. The law firm of Davis, Rivers, and Stalter. We're in your courtroom there, Honorable Judge Marsh. What do you got for us? From the 618, Prove Me Wrong. Caleb Williams is too much of a locker room issue, and the Chicago Bears are better off keeping Justin Fields. I mean, have you have you met Caleb Williams? He's a he's a hell of a football player. I, I, locker room issue. How many locker rooms have you been in with Caleb Williams in them? I, I think when you watch his play on the field, this is a guy that I would want on my team. Passionate, you know, wants to win, born leader, a guy that really loves the game of football. Those are the guys you want on your team. You don't want guys that are, you know, non-competitive or you know lackadaisical just just showing up just because they know they're going to get paid we want guys that are going to show up have passion for the game know what they're doing and be ready to play and Caleb Williams in most people's opinion is a talent that you won't find for maybe the next five or ten years you want that man on your roster right now Uh, before Justin Fields the Bears have had a long long history of successful quarterbacks including Mitchell Trubisky they took over Patrick Mahomes uh, including Matt Barkley yeah that's not Jay Cut yeah Kyle Orton Rex Grossman uh, Craig Krenzel Cordell Stewart Mm. not Slash but Cordell Stewart Chris Chandler (laughs) Jim Miller Shane Matthews Ah. Cade McCown Eric Kramer yeah you know if the Bears don't want Caleb Williams that really tells us all we need to know about how good Caleb Williams is. I mean, Jay is. Cutler is the leading passer in Chicago Bear history. Yeah. And that should tell you a lot. Jim Harbaugh is third. He's now coaching. He probably would be okay to play for the He now. might be a better choice. I mean, better than what, you know. <laughs> what? He, he's third, and he's coaching mm-hmm. yeah. football, not okay. playing. Not a long history there of successful quarterbacks. So, yeah, no, you keep Justin Fields. You uh, you keep adding number one wide receivers since that's all a number one uh, football team needs. Hmm. Just pure number one wide receivers. I'd build yeah. a whole team of them, Jamie. Hmm. Interesting. I'd put them at every position. Why wouldn't you? They're so skilled. Exactly. No, you shouldn't do that. So you said you would 
Keep no, no, Justin no, 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 Fields. No, 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 no. He said. He that's, said that's what he said. I, no. He's being sarcastic. Why did you jump in there? I was being sarcastic. He didn't need any help. He was going to get the ding without you. I was actually going to compliment you on the tag team effort, and then you said that they then he keep spoke. Justin Fields. Did you say keep Justin Fields? <laughs> it was part. It was part of my sarcasm. I couldn't pick up on it. He didn't have it. He didn't. He Anthony, didn't realize it. It's like the troubles you used to have with the text line. <laughs> they couldn't pick up your sarcasm, uh-huh. and they just thought you were a jerk. Yeah. Marshy uh, fell into that trap. Thanks, Dad. If Kerry won the case, Stalter like, just lost I, it. It's great for in person. It plays in uh-huh. person. Over the phone or like this, doesn't you work. can't Through see facial message. expressions, yeah. so it doesn't play. It comes across Jerkish. differently. Get Arrogance. Pit so you can see. Well, Marsh Pick your see word. It. Arrogant. Uh, self-righteous. Goodness gracious. Well, I, but those are none of the things that you are, Anthony. Well, thanks, Jay. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're rolling there. I'm just, I'm just taking what my I best. hear, right? I'd like to apologize to my law firm. <laughs> he should. It costs us a lot of money. He might be sorry. Suspended for a little bit here. I'll set the next one out, guys. If you jump in on my trial, you better be helping me win. I well, I'm sorry. Uh, I am sorry that the judge couldn't pick up sarcasm. That's not my job. It's, it's not, not a the job, job description. It's not the facts. I mean, honestly, he should. You know, really listen, count for everything. But that's just me. Are you insulting my <laughs> position? No, sir. Uh, he is judge. Not. I mean, Stay I've been high. in your courtroom a lot, and I've, I felt high, like uh, I, I dealt with go. a lot of crap we here. We've lost we are, the next we, one too. <laughs> definitely have. Just, just put the buzzer. <laughs> Whatever. I'll give him a chance. From the six one eight, prove me wrong. Wilson Contreras will not catch one hundred twenty games this year. He has not caught. Over 120 games since 2018. What do you mean he's not going to catch 120 games? Have you seen this guy? He's in the best shape of his career. Showed up early, working with the pitcher, side-by-side. Sonny Gray and him are becoming best friends. And, you know, Herrera, we, yes, we want good things from this young man. But let's slow play it here a little bit. Pump the brakes is also the kid that you threw him the keys to the camper and he couldn't handle it right away when he was here the last time. So you want to make sure he is ready to go. And what better way than to have Wilson Contreras, who's a ferocious competitor. We know that. Mm-hmm. And now, this year, without all the other the, the outside noise about this, listen, he's finally able to be himself. And you see him at spring training. He's holding these meetings, and he's calling guys out, and he's doing these things. And So for me, 120? He should be catching 130 this year for the Cardinals. Easy. I think if the Cardinals are going to have winners, 12 wins out of three pitchers this year, it's going to have to come with Wilson Contreras behind the dish. Nice job, Jamie. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for not jumping in. You got it. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) From the 512, prove me wrong. No matter how successful the Battle Hawks are in drawing crowds, the NFL will never return to St. Louis under any circumstances. Here we go. Listen, I don't have all day. Listen. <laughs> when you see St. Louis supports mm. a team like the Battle Hawks, it's not just the Battle Hawks, it's City SC. Mm-hmm. People lined up in droves going to the pitch to watch those outstanding men in their boots kick balls in the massive nets. And people are loving it. They are. TV support for the Battle Hawks off, off the charts. Mm hmm. 
people in St. Louis loving City SC. Hey, I mean, the judge, the honorable judge, Andrew Marsh, goes there himself. He's exactly. in the top bowl. He's he in enjoys the top bowl. it watching those guys mm-hmm. do their job. He, right. he would be thrilled mm. when an NFL team arrives here. Yeah. Oh, man, you're Mm. He, he, I know he would. No doubt. He's a, he, he's a, he's a fan. And I once, think if nothing else the NFL has learned after mm-hmm. all this debacle is that if they put a team here that's actually this city's team, mm-hmm. that the fans are going to come out and support it no matter what. No question. And I think right now they're kicking themselves a little bit that they don't have a team here in St. Louis. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. That's what I said. Make a great point. Teamwork. Nice job, Gary. While I tanked your case, you lifted mine. I thought for sure you were just going to come in and tank his case. No, Gary's not like that. Anthony, I'll give you a layup. You're funny, though. From the 314, prove me wrong. The Blues don't have the consistently solid goaltending to make an extended run in the playoffs. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding? Do you not watch Jordan Bennington? Do you have eyes? Do you watch the games, Janet style? Do you actually watch Jordan Bennington stand on his head consistently against top-tier teams? Did you not see him shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Leon Dreisaitl? Did you not see that performance, those goals that he saved in the first Mm -hmm. period? Without Jordan Bennington, you're awful. I agree. You're an awful team. And those games against the Maple Leafs and Predators, those were the games that I I really think they, they did an outstanding job. Yes. Standing up. Jordan Bennington hoisted a cup. He did. How many cups did the Blues have before Bennington? Uh, zero. Zero. That would be In zero. But no, the Blues don't have it. Come on. The Blues don't have consistent goaltending. Of course they do. Jordan Bennington's a goaltending god. Yeah. And this, and as soon as you recognize that, Why are you pointing at the, the better we're going to be. You're the judge. I don't like, I don't like what you're doing here. Well, no, I was speaking through you to the... Okay. I'll look past it. This guy right here, he's causing me fits today, gentlemen. Oh, I'm passionate. Started out hot today, that's for sure. All right. It's only because he didn't get a shower in. <laughs> that's true. It's <laughs> very true. Uh, they locked me out. I'll fire it up. From the 618, prove me Damn wrong. didn't work. <laughs> it's green. Why can't I get in? Uh, Major League Baseball needs a salary cap to be a competitive league. Can you prove this texture wrong? Well, why would you? Why would you have a salary cap? You got luxury tax. Luxury tax is the salary cap for most teams. There's only a couple of teams that are stupid enough to go past the luxury tax. And mm-hmm. we, what happened to them? They did nothing. They did nothing except pay all the other teams t- to lose, basically. So why would you need the salary cap? Continue to roll the way you're going. You want to drive those revenues up. You got to make more teams competitive, add teams to the playoffs. What they've done, they've expanded the playoffs. It gives more teams a chance to win. It, it gives more teams that get in, and you never know. Mm-hmm. We literally saw it out of the Phillies yeah. a couple of years ago. And, and we the saw it out of the Diamondbacks last year. So why would the, the sport doesn't need a salary cap? The sport's just fine the way it is. The luxury tax is the salary cap. Yep. Nice job, Jamie. <laughs> well done. <laughs> now I know how real lawyers feel. <laughs> uh, nice work to our lawyers listening, by the way. Oh, right. yeah, trust me. Yeah. They know. Yep. They know I appreciate them, Anthony. <laughs> and support them. All right, last one here. 
We'll end on this from the 314. Prove me wrong by the University of Missouri showing once again that they're not progressive and they do not want anyone that knows how to think outside the system slash box. In three years, they will be back to what we've known them to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not like the uh, the hiring of Eli Drinkwitz? Dennis Gates. Do you not appreciate that? Do you not appreciate Dennis Gates taking the basketball team to the second round last year? And I appreciate the fact that Eli Drinkwitz, who none of you wanted, by the way, but the board of curators put together a list. Actually, the list was handed to them. They're like, nah, no thanks. This list isn't good enough. Second list, you know, you know whose name was on it? Drink. They hired him. Did you not appreciate the football season you just saw? Was that not out of the box enough for you? Come on. Fantastic job. Fantastic job. Yeah, everyone that uh, you just mentioned was hired by the one person that just left. <laughs> She only she admitted that drink wasn't her hire. Ah, she did. Which was the point about the curators. There you mm. go. Ah! I had to have an amendment yeah. there for Judge there Judge Marsh. And the basketball team's not doing that hot right now. No, but they certainly are. They did well last year, though. They did. It's a year off. Yeah, it's a bad year. Bad year. Yeah. Well, we don't look at last year. Unless it's the Cardinals. Unless it's the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Judge, I'd like to apologize for my behavior in today's nah, court. It's okay. I get passionate talking about my clients. It's all right. Yeah. You just got to be better next time. I will. Please. I will. Thank uh, you. I think you will. Thank you. All right. That's proved me wrong here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Kerry is all about Justin Fields. He doesn't appreciate uh, good quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. To me, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> you got to trade Justin Fields. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One of the biggest topics topics of conversation heading into the NFL draft this year is what the Bears are going to do with the number one overall pick. They can keep it and take Caleb Williams and, or one of the quarterbacks. I, I doubt that they take another North Carolina quarterback, but maybe Drake Mays their guy. Maybe Jaden Daniels is their guy. They could keep that pick or they could move down. They could take a different player, the non-quarterback and support Justin Fields. This is like the big topic of conversation. For me, it's a no-brainer. I'm trading Justin Fields. To who and for what? I'm probably only going to get a second round, second rounder out of it. So I think we, we talk about this all the time that being in the right system, being in the right, you know, organization around the right coaches can make the best of your ability or the worst of your ability. I don't necessarily know that drafting Caleb Williams It'll, it may make your team better, but there are so many more pieces that you can help add value to that team that I think you may be putting Caleb Williams in a position where he does not succeed either way. Whereas if you were to draft a player or move back in the draft and add more to your team, more draft capital, more opportunities to draft better players, Justin Fields is a damn good football player. He's just not had – you might think I'm crazy. I'm sure you do. But he has not – been able to have the right system or the right pieces around him. And when you're as talented as he is, as big as he is, strong, fast, all of the ability that Justin Fields has, to go and draft another quarterback and move on from him and still not have the pieces around that new quarterback, you're setting yourself up for failure. So, Kerry, just before we get any further down the road here, 
Justin Fields has what one more year on his quarterback de- his rookie deal? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, and so what if you don't? He is two more. Is it two more? Yeah. Right, so it's two is... more. Yeah, two more. My so point 24, is twenty four, twenty five. What if you don't figure it out in the two years? <laughs> what if you give him this steady coaching staff and system, and you add pieces, and he still doesn't figure it out in two years? Well, then you are back screwed. at square one. You're screwed. You're screwed. But you you are probably you going to be... restart your clock with Caleb Williams. Yeah, but if you're the if you're the, the the Chicago Bears, you're probably not going to have Matt Eberflus as your head coach for the next four or five years. But that's even so more you're going to be starting over either way. But that's more problematic then. But so... then that's what I'm saying. You're setting Caleb Williams up for failure. This is the problem, in my opinion, with the Chicago Bears. For as long as if Jay Cutler, who I think is a really good quarterback, but Jay Cutler is is not a future Hall of Fame. He's a really good quarterback. He's the leading all time leading yeah. passer in their history. It, they have Walter Payton is number four or five in receiving yards in their history. Like this is not a team that has had great success passing the football because they have not built a team. To, to structure a team to help the passer and give him guys to pass the ball to. Well, Jimmy Graham had some t- pieces. Oh, yeah, he had Walter Payton. Uh, and he had Willie Galt, and he had some other guys, too, that could flat-out play. Those, again, the Chicago Bears passing the football in the, hit, in the history of the game has not been stellar. Yeah, I don't disagree with the historical part of that, and I think it's pretty easy to look on paper and see it. I just, I just don't know... I just don't know if you if I'm the Bears if I'm sitting here going oh I'm going to go two more years of Justin Fields to hopefully we figure it out or you know what two more years from now if I have Caleb Williams I still have three more years after that to continue to add pieces to this guy. But what did you add around him in his first couple of years? And you're going to be but the same you're going to have a new coordinator. You got so for him yeah in, in in a span of two or three years he will have had three different coordinators because college pro and then another pro that that's. That is difficult, and you're setting that young man up for failure. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, he already said he does not want to be a Chicago we Bear. We don't know that for sure. That was a rumor, and he so, actually kiboshed that rumor with his representative. They said, That's he, not true. Okay, well. What quarterback, what first-round quarterback that didn't have the system in place for him went on to have success? Probably none. There, there aren't. Exactly. Like, we didn't say this about Patrick Mahomes. We didn't say this about Joe Burrow. We didn't say this about Justin Justin Herbert. We didn't say this about Lamar Jackson. Actually, we did. We We started saying it about Lamar Jackson. Lamar was a running back. But he's still. But those those people are fools. Like, you could tell that Lamar could, could, could throw the football. He was in a system that didn't allow him to showcase those passing, that passing ability. I do not think that's the case with Justin Fields. We're in a, we're in a day and age where. If you're not completing over seventy percent of your passes in today's systems, you're not trying. I mean, you could it, Jamie could probably throw. He could probably complete seventy percent of his passes in today's NFL. He's at sixty percent. When teams have forced him to play quarterback, he has struggled. Cleveland was a perfect example of that. They forced him to stay in the pocket, dude. You ain't getting out. And he completed nineteen passes on like forty pass attempts. He was awful against the Browns. People who support Fields like to cherry-pick his stats as if the bad games don't count and only the good ones count. But my point about the system is that we've said this before about certain quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, he's with the Jets. Well, then he went to Carolina, he wasn't very good. Then he gets to San Francisco, and he's a backup. 
I think Justin Fields is a starter on on other teams. So what, what the makes Bears, him a starter on another team but not on this team? That's a great question. Because if you're trading him, let's yeah. say that because Pittsburgh has come up. Sure. He would be the starting quarterback more than likely for Pitt, for the Pittsburgh because, Steelers right now. Because Pittsburgh's quarterbacks stink and you don't have and Pittsburgh doesn't have the number one overall pick. That's a, it changes the but entire if you conversation. To the Bears have the number one overall pick. In the draft, then you no longer have the number one pick either. And add, if you're telling me that this young but man. But you're creating is a variable still, that doesn't exist. They no, have no, the number one they overall do, pick. They do, but they can move back. They did it last year. Then you're by. Do you know for a fact that Caleb, Caleb Williams is not a better quarterback than Justin Fields? Justin do you know Fields? for a fact that he is? I don't. That's what I'm saying. But I know what Justin Fields is. He's a, he's a running back trying to play quarterback. you know that he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields right now. I know a that rookie? I've got more time, though, to figure it out. Not if you're Matt Eberflus, you don't. Well, <laughs> but I don't I, really care yeah, about Yeah, right, I don't either. I care about finding the right quarterback. Justin, the fact that we're even having this conversation three years in, I think tells the entire story about where Justin Fields is. We're not having this conversation about Joe Burrow or even Justin Herbert, who hasn't won a playoff game yet. Well, Herbert's under his third head coach, too, isn't he? He's under his, second. I think, second. His second. second head coach. Actually, you don't know what? No, because Anthony was it was Anthony, Anthony Lynn? Lynn? Yeah, there his when third he was head there? coach in four years. There you go. I, I just I, going back to you asked a really good question, Kerry, about why would Justin Fields be a starter elsewhere but not with the Bears? Because the variable changes. If if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you look at it and say, is Justin Fields better than Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett? Yeah. Would. Would Justin Fields be better than Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke? Yes. Absolutely. But that's not the that's not the question with the Bears. The question with the Bears is, you've got the number one overall pick. Do you want to bypass taking a, a franchise-altering quarterback, potentially, because you still want to, I don't know, surround Justin Fields with more talent? We had this conversation last year, too. DJ Moore. They got DJ Moore. Finally, Justin Fields has, an, has a number one wide receiver. A year later, it's like they should draft hit Marvin Harrison to give him a number one wide receiver. How many, how many number one wide receivers do you need? Patrick Mahomes just won two Super Bowls with, with nothing at the wide receiver position outside of Travis Kelsey. Like, I just, I'm, I'm to the point where I think this is a no-brainer for the Bears. Flip them for a second-round pick and go and, and move on. And if you're in the same position you were in three years earlier, then... Then you pick the wrong quarterback again. That's the history of the Chicago Bears. It certainly is. But picking the wrong quarterback now doesn't make Justin Fields the right quarterback either. If he goes and has, <laughs> success, if he goes and has success elsewhere, it does. If. And same thing we're saying with if. Yep. Caleb Williams comes in and has... For, for me, it's just an age thing. For me, I'm starting the clock again with a very similar talent. In fact, this talent is supposed to be better than what I currently have supposed to be. I know I can't tell the future, Mm -hmm. but I'm getting five years of this guy now instead of just two years and trying to figure it out on the fly with Justin Fields. I think it's going to be interesting My only reasoning. Uh, 2024 will be fun to watch, to see if the Bears decided to move on from Justin Fields and if he goes elsewhere and has success. I think there are a number of teams that could use a player like Justin Fields Mm -hmm. and would be more than thrilled to have them on their roster. But... I, at this point, I wouldn't give the Bears a second-round pick for him. That, because why? You you want to move on from him? Okay, we'll give you a third round. We'll give you something much less than what you're asking for because you already have let us know. You're not going to keep both of them on the roster. Unless you're a team that really needs Justin Fields. So. But who? Well, we just talked about a couple that really need him. 
They don't really need him, but well, they, they it would be an upgrade from what they him. have. They, they they don't have their answer right now at quarterback. Mm. Yeah. Well, it is going to be fascinating to see what happens here moving forward with the these uh, this decision for the Bears. All right, we've got the gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Stalter, and we welcome in Chad. What's up, Chad? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Not much. Welcome to the uh, the show. Have you ever participated in the gauntlet before? I've never participated in the gauntlet. I uh, did the uh, fight several years ago. All right, well, again, welcome in. Uh, for your first time here in the gauntlet, would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, or me? Let's, uh, let's do Marsh. All right, Marsh is up. Here we go. All right, so so before Marsh makes his way into the cone of silence, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. We'll find out what category you get. Hey, spin that wheel. All right, here we go. Chad, what are you hoping for? Baseball. Baseball. What are you not hoping for? Ah, hockey. Hockey. All right, the wheel is usually a cruel, cruel, you know what. It's almost very cruel. Yeah, but it's not. It's not, okay. You want to tell them, Jamie? Football today, Chad. What was it almost? Random? Almost yeah, hockey. Yeah. Oh, it was almost yeah, hockey. Like one click away from Okay, hockey. well there you go. So you didn't get what you wanted, but you also didn't but you also got what you wanted. Here we go. Football right. be good. There you go. All right. So Chad and Marsh are gonna get the same football questions today. Each question is worth two points unless Chad or Marsh ask for the options for on a certain question. And therefore that question is worth one point. Are you ready, Chad? I'm ready. Brock Purdy played college football at which university? Um, I believe it was Iowa State. Let's, let's go Iowa State final. All right. Question two here, Chad. David Montgomery and one other active running back currently playing in the AFC, played college football at that university with Brock Purdy. Name that running back. Uh, I'll need the options on that. All right. Was it Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, or Gus Edwards? Let's go with Etienne. Etienne. Final answer? Final. All right. Question number three. Travis Kelsey led this year's Super Bowl in receiving yards who led last year's Super Bowl in receiving yards? You there, Chad? Yeah, let's go Tyreek Hill final. All right, uh, question number four. Which team was the last team Patrick Mahomes lost to in the postseason? So who was the last opponent that Patrick Mahomes lost to in the postseason? Um, let's get the options on that one. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Buffalo Bills, or the Cincinnati Bengals? Let's go Bengals. Final answer. All right. 
All right, let's see what. Let's see what Marsha Marsha has here. all by himself in there today. He looks lonely. Chad, how you feeling? Poor kid. Um, so 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 should uh, should be able to sneak by. All right, Marsha's uh, on his way back here, ready to rock and roll. He's got his headphones on. Marsh, how was the cone of silence? It was great. Good. No Mike Ryder in there though. So you had an opportunity to just sit there, collect your thoughts, listen to in a little silence. music. Yeah. Listen, what'd you listen to? Uh, I listened to the uh, Fortnite theme song to get me uh, <laughs> pumped up. Chapter five, main theme. Look it up. Oh wow. Okay. I was not. That I was not expecting that. Didn't. It's a good pump up theme. Right. Okay. Gets me going. Marsh, your category today is football. Okay. Jamie. Oh, you better pack a lunch there, pal. All right, hey, question. Hang on, hang on. Marsh, what's wrong? What are you looking I'm for? I'm looking for a pen just to <laughs> keep score. I, I'm, I'm watching my, my child here, and he's fumbling around, and he's looking. He's not focused. He's not. I'm super focused. I was seeing the he, Fortnite he theme song. You're serious? I'm trying to get no, a dub here. You were looking for other things. You're like, you, I guarantee you, uh, can you repeat the question was about to happen? <laughs> Let's go. All right, You're question welcome. number one. Brock Purdy played college football at which university? Iowa State. Final answer. Uh, I'm not dialed in. Come that had now. some stank to it. Now you are, because you got your pen. <laughs> All right, question two. David Montgomery and one other active running back currently playing in the AFC played college football at said university with Brock Purdy. Name that running back. Can you repeat the question, please? David Montgomery and one other active running back currently playing in the AFC played college football at that university with Brock Purdy. Name that running back. Options. Was it Brees Hall? Travis Etienne or Gus Edwards? Let's go Brees Hall. Final answer. Question number three. Travis Kelsey led this year's Super Bowl in receiving yards. Who led last year's Super Bowl in receiving yards? Ooh, good question. I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Smith. Final answer. Final question, Marsh. Which team was the last team Patrick Mahomes lost to in the postseason? The last team that he lost to, I believe it would be the Bengals. Um, AFC Championship game. They went two years in a row to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'll go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Final answer. All right, let's go over these. Brock Purdy played college football at which university? Chad, you said Iowa State. Marsh, you said Iowa State. Correct answer is... Six great years at Iowa State. (laughs) Felt like 16. (laughs) Iowa State's correct answer. Neither of you needed the options, so we have a 2-2 tie. Which team was the last team Patrick Mahomes lost to in the postseason? Chad, you said Bengals. Marsh, you said Bengals. Correct answer is... The Cincinnati Bengals. But Marsh did not need the options, so Marsh Mm. has a 4-3 lead over Chad. David Montgomery and one other active running back currently playing the AFC played college football at that university. We now know Iowa State was that university with Brock Purdy. Name that running back. Chad, you said Travis Etienne. Marsh, with the options, you went Brees Hall. Correct answer is... Brees Hall. And of course, is Brees Hall. So Marsh has a two-point lead over Chad. Final question. Travis Kelsey led this year's Super Bowl in receiving yards. Who led last year's Super Bowl in receiving yards? Neither of you took the uh, options on this. Marsh, you said Devonta Smith. Chad, you said Tyree Kill. It's Tyree Kill. We've got a walk-off. 
If it's Devontae Smith or any other player that played in last year's Super Bowl, Marsh is going to win. Correct answer is... Devontae Smith. Chad. You have chosen poorly. You lose. Not today. <laughs> Chad. Well, thanks for letting me play, guys. Yeah, no, Good Chad, job, it was Chad. fun. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for Chad. listening. Thanks for playing. I blame these guys. They riled me up. Yeah, dude, Jamie, Jamie really, really ticked mm, Marsh yeah, off. Yeah, got the yep. best out of you, man. He did, yeah. I respond to criticism that, the best that way. Yeah, yep. He worked me good. Well, <laughs> Chad, again, thanks for playing. Thanks for uh, listening. All right. Have a good day, guys. You too. See you, Chad. You too. All right. Uh, yeah, it was Devontae Smith. Mm, that... Didn't he have a, he had a deep ball, I think. There, that, he did. That, yeah, that's why yep. I figured it was him. Yeah. All right. It's that Fortnite theme music. Yeah, maybe. it was. It was. It'd be a combination of Fortnite and Jamie. Well, he found his pen. He, he found his pen. Had to drink <laughs> found his water. Pen. I mean, real honestly, it was kind of everything. It was the whole team <laughs> All today. of it put together. Yeah, really focused uh, Marsh up. So nice job there, Marsh. Are the Cardinals actually better defensively? Because they pretty much have the same group of players as a year ago. That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Gary Davis, Jamie Rivers. Will the Cardinals actually be better defensively with the same group of defensive players? Marsh, you had asked that in the in the office. You said, I don't I don't see how this this team suddenly gets better defensively when you got the same largely the same group of players coming back. Well, yeah, you guys were saying like, ah, yeah, no, this team, yeah, the defensively they should be a lot better. I'm like, well, this is the same guys. Like, what's what's changing? Now, I'm not disagreeing with you, but uh-huh. it's the same group of people. It, it's a good question, but let's so let's let's break this down. Jamie, one for starters here. You had said early on in the show, and you're right. If you look at the kind of the back half of the season, the defense actually did improve metric wise. Yeah. There's a couple of things that we're assuming here. We're assuming, and I'm not saying this is correct or not, but I'm assuming that Nolan Arenado goes back to playing at a gold glove level. There's no doubt. Or any or or at least somewhat close to a gold gold glove level. I'm assuming that Paul Goldschmidt's defense at first base does not dip at all. I'm assuming that whether it's Brennan Donovan or it is Nolan Gorman at second, they can hold their own. We know that Mason Wynn, even as a even as a rookie, is gonna have way more range and a stronger arm than what you had at shortstop over the last couple of years. And now we're really going to see that range come into play because you didn't have the shift last year and you won't have the shift moving forward. So to have an athletic shortstop in Mason Wynn, covering all that ground is going to be a benefit for your defense. We're also assuming that Jordan Walker is better defensively, and maybe that's that's a bit of a leap, more so than Nolan, Nolan Arnato returning to a goal glove level. But Jordan Walker should be better defensively. I'm good with Newt in the in yeah. the other corner spot, and I'm good with either Tommy Edmond or for a little little while Dylan Carlson playing center field. So here's the way I look at it: <clears throat> Arenado, he's gone into spring training with a chip on his shoulder. He from day no matter what he said about the leadership part, let's let's isolate that. Let's focus on the other things he said that. He wasn't happy with the way he played last year. He felt almost embarrassed at times, and it's unacceptable. 
say what you want about Nolan Arnato, but he is a psychopath in the, in the sense of, like, he'll want to be the best version of himself. There's no doubt that defensively he's going to be right where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Goldie's going to be Goldie at first base. At second base, whether it's Donovan or Gorman, I think you're going to be fine there. Obviously, I think Donovan has more range than than Gorman does, but Gorman made a couple of plays last year where it kind of was like, oh, big boy can play a little bit here. Sure. And then you get to the outfield, uh, Newt, Edmund, no concern there. And Jordan Walker has to be better. Like, he, he cannot be as bad as he was last year. He just physically can't be. With all the work that he's done and with the the fact that he's such a gifted athlete, never mind baseball player, just athlete, he's going to be better than he was last year. Quite honestly, I'm predicting a significant difference in a positive way. Mm-hmm. One thing that you're probably not going to have is Alec Burleson out there. Mm. Burley, people in text line yesterday, well, Burleson doesn't, he never, doesn't even have an error. That's because he can't get to the ball right. to miss it. Yeah, if you're, if you're judging, <laughs> if you're, Jamie, I mean, you're right. I'm, you, no, you are. I'm you're, not being a jerk. You're not. This, if you can't get to it, you're, you're less prone to make errors. That's why if you just view errors as, as a defensive metric, it's not going to be good enough. Mason Wynn's probably going to have more errors than most mm-hmm. because he's going to be able to get to more balls. He's be able, yeah, he's going to be able to at least get a glove on it, which yeah. is, you know, that's the, the age-old thing that's kind of funny is you get a shortstop or third baseman, they don't have any errors. Then you watch their effort level on some of the ground balls that are in the gap, and they're like, yeah, I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. And you let it go. He's not an error. Roger Dorn Roger down there at third Dorn. base. Yeah. Exactly. And then you got this guys. Old, Dorn. <laughs> and then you got guys like Arenado and Mason Wynn that think they can get to every single one that's through the infield. And so they get a piece of it or they knock it down or the throw is bad because they're off balance or whatever. But so Alec Burleson doesn't have an error. Nothing against Burley, but he doesn't get around the outfield all that swiftly mm. out there. So I think if you subtract Alec Burleson from your outfield, one, defensively, you've gotten better because he played a lot of games out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, Paul DeYoung at shortstop, Paul DeYoung was a solid shortstop. Do I think you have an upgrade now with the range and certainly the arm of Mason Wynn? Yeah, I do. I think you have an upgrade. Now, does Mason Wynn have the pop that Paul DeYoung had at times? No, he doesn't. But we're talking about offense on that at that point, not the defensive side. Right. I think this ball club defensively, will be better, and we haven't even brought up Wilson Contreras yet. I think Wilson Contreras is going to have a better season as well behind the plate. I think he has to. I think he knows it. I think he went back in the offseason and worked on things and talked to people. And Would it have been nice to have Yachty at spring training? Probably, yeah. Probably would have been very beneficial, but he's not there. So it is what it is. But overall, Kerry, I don't know how you feel, but I, yeah. I think the defense is going to be better. Yeah, I think, again, Nolan Arenado being better to start the season is going to help that team. Mason Wynn, those two on the on the left side of the infield will definitely, I'm sure, get to more balls and, and knock down some balls that are not singles now. So you don't have runners on base. I think you're going to have a better defense on the infield. And, you know, Goldie has been solid his entire career, done a great job over there. Brendan Donovan did a really good job at times last year. So I'm, I'm excited about the, the infield. And as you said, Wilson Contreras um, it wasn't – in terms of, of – the pitch location, I think that's what more people were focused on last year, the pitches and the, the amount of hits. I don't know that I saw very many plays with Wilson where it's like he wasn't getting in front of balls or blocking balls or knocking balls down. It wasn't a ton of of, of pass balls on him that I can recall. So I think he's going to be solid uh, there as well. And then Jordan Walker, he did not look good, did not look comfortable to start the season off last year. But you saw the progression 
as the season went on. He started making some plays, making some plays with his arm. He was doing a really good job. There were still some times where you're like, oh, that wasn't good enough. But that comes with being a young player, being a rookie, and, and learning the position. Tommy Edmond, we we complain about you know his arm strength, but him getting two balls in the gaps is outstanding. So if you have a center fielder that can cover as much ground as he does, you know those corner outfielders, it, it kind of takes away some of those angles and some of those plays that they may have to make. So I'm I'm excited overall about the team. They're a year older, which is good for some of the guys on the roster and maybe not so good for some of the other guys uh, on that roster. But all in all, they should be much better than they were last year. There is one potential pitfall here, oh. and that's the pitching. Well, oh, yeah. you got to field your position. <laughs> well, no, you, no. Oh. you do. You gotta field, no, right. no, no. You just hey, you just field it. They say let them hit it. Didn't you hear, haven't you heard that? Let them hit it, guys. I you got, last year. You got guys behind you. Absolute piss missile sometimes. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't say hit it hard. How did you just, not get that 212 yeah. mile an hour ground ball? I barely smoking. saw it, I'll be honest. Yeah. Was the sun in your eyes? No, nah, it's night. No. Smoking. The ball yeah, was the, blurry. Yeah, the ball was just ab- an absolute missile. I'm glad he missed Rocket. me, quite frankly. Yeah, it's the pitching staff. If the pitching staff is, is going to give up rockets like they did last year, it, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. You also you also need that swing and miss. You certainly need more of it. You do get that with Lance Lynn. Yes, him keeping the ball in the park that's going to be an issue. But this is this is still somebody that can miss bats. Uh, Kyle Gibson actually had a decent strikeout rate rate last year. Sonny Gray, same deal. You also hope that it's not a pit, a pure pitch to contact team well, uh, p- pitching staff. Yeah, pitch to contact? No, it can't oh. be that. Ah. No, they, they identified the cont- that last year. They can't well, they didn't, that. Did they hire? Did they hire more swing and miss guys? They did. they did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll swing and miss then. Ish. All right. You got to find the location. <laughs> that is part of it. If the catcher is on the ground. I think he's telling you to throw the ball low. Yeah. He'd rather Maybe. have you bounce that thing in there it's than possible. hang it. Rather than hanging it over the right. middle of the plate. If he's out here, don't leave it in here. That's mm-hmm. Baseball yeah. 101. Guys, did we say that the defense doesn't matter? Not once. Who said that? Well, 314 just said it always matters what your defense does. You guys are driving me up the wall. You know, Jamie, what I've learned, this is this, I will be honest, we can have a life lesson real quick. This text line has taught me so much about life. You know, when you're arguing with people and you're like, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I Clearly, people hear mm. things differently depending on how attentive they are in a situation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're driving or, or looking over or, you know, you mishear things and then you quote it back and you didn't hear exactly what I said because yeah. I didn't say that. But that's what you heard. And sometimes people just don't understand anthony you just did yeah you just did anthony just did you said you said fielding doesn't matter oh you said out of context how dare you you? first of all you were talking about because the pitching matters more yeah anthony because the ball is in the so you know the umpire throws the ball out i still don't remember saying defense doesn't matter i think you may have said defense doesn't matter as much as the pitching but no. maybe as my no, not even we, close. We'll have to go back and uh, we Anthony, can go back. On, he clarified. He says Anthony just said defense doesn't matter if the pitchers are giving up rockets all over the place. That's what I said. Yeah. This is what I heard. I, I Good think, defense is important. That's what I heard. It's called and listen. You said it. I you don't you. argue with people when they don't understand or interpret things well. So to this texter, sir, ma'am. We do apologize for saying defense doesn't matter. Continue. That's what you said. Those were the words that came out of your mouth. Now, whether or not that person heard it correctly is not your fault. You have nothing to do with that. 
But what you you have to be accountable for the words that come out of your mouth, Anthony, Thomas, Stalter, ATM, ATM, ATS, ATS. That's it. Anthony Thomas Marsh, <laughs> ATM. <laughs> and I said it right after him. ATM. Yeah. ATS. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did say that. How dare you? We went nine minutes talking about how defense is important. Shame on you. Let me clarify. Hmm. If somebody hits a piss missile off the off the wall, you got to get in front of the ball, Anthony. Okay. Get that. Track that. <laughs> yeah, track it. See it right off the bat. See get ball. in front of it. See ball catch. You're you not going to get in front of it. What are we doing? I did. Huh? I did say that words yeah. matter, and I will be better, Texter. <laughs> I, again, if I could, if I could go back to the nine minutes of. <laughs> talking about how important the defense is if i give if i could point you to that if i can't that's fine i'll just i'll just take the l on this and i apologize to you uh your family your friends and everybody that um you hold dear in your life if the ball moves you move your glove got it get your body absolutely smalls yeah absolutely (laughs) if it's hitting the other yard not much you, you, you can move your glove. Defense, you can move your glove it. all yeah, you want. You got to put those gotta, PF yeah. flyers yeah. on and go get that damn ball. I think my point was that the pitching also you. matters. But you know what? I I said it, and uh, again, I apologize to that texter <laughs> and everything that he or she holds dear in this world. Mm-hmm. Oh man, shame, Jeremy. It's a shame. I've got to be better. <laughs> I'm gonna write this down. Be better. All around. You stupid, <laughs> stupid man. Use your Got words it. correctly is basically yep. what that is. Yeah, absolutely. You are responsible for what comes out of your mouth. Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us next. Talk a little blues hockey here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Notes and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Anthony Stalter. Let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by our guy Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider with the Athletic. What's up, JR? You guys are having too much fun today. I'm jealous. Yeah, well, you, you know what, Jerry? You can join us at any point, man. At any point, you can join us, uh, including right now. You've got a piece coming out over the next couple of days where you're going to focus on some of the trade rumors, including you know the, the name Pavel Buchnevich continues to, to come up. I'm a little mystified by this. Why give up Pavel Buchnevich now? And do you think it, there's, there's a possibility that, that they could deal him? Yeah, and I'm going to try to uh, – I'm working on the piece now. Should be up at the Athletic tomorrow, what I'm hearing about Pavel Buchnevich and a potential trade. You know, I'll say up front that I don't think this is very likely. And part of the reason I'm addressing it is just because there's been so much talk about it. Uh, fans have talked about it. It's been in the media that uh, I just want to point out the reasons why it is a possibility, albeit maybe a slim possibility, and, and why it could happen. You think about Pavel Buchnevich, the three years that he's been here in St. Louis, He's a, uh, nearly a point-per-game player. It's right behind Robert Thomas in terms of points per game. And why would you trade a player like that who's just 28 years old? But you start talking about the retool, and you start talking about a guy who's got one year left on his contract, and but when he signs his next deal, he's going to be 30 years old. Is he going to be looking for a contract that's eight years times $8 million per year? 
that could be the case. So I think these are all big-picture questions that certainly are worth addressing when you talk about this situation. JR, when you when you look at this team right now, and I know we've talked about it probably the last week or the week before, but you know what would make sense for the Blues? Does it make sense to just hold? Does it make sense to explore some trades? Like, and I know the Scott Perunovich discussion is a hot topic here as well because he has to reach a certain number of games in order to remain a restricted free agent. Otherwise, he's an unrestricted free agent. Does Army look at that now as a possibility of moving on from the young player? What do you think? Yeah, the way I see it, and honestly the way I've seen it for weeks now, is Doug Armstrong should know what team he's got, and I, th- I think he does. You know, people talk about these last few games, and, and I get it, last few games before the deadline. But by and large, you know what this team is. So to me, like I've been saying for weeks, is stick with what you got. Um, if we're just talking about unrestricted guys, so we're just talking about the Sammy Blaze, the Kapanins, the Veranas, and the Scandellas, you know, stick with these guys. You're not going to get but a – you know, a, a candy bar for them on the trade market. And I think that you go and tell your team, okay, listen, I think you guys can make the playoffs. If there's a small upgrade to make, if it's possible and you don't have to give up a lot, I can look into do, doing that if I'm Doug Armstrong. Uh, but I'm going to let you guys prove to me that you can make the playoffs, so I'm going to keep your UFAs here, and, and we'll see where it goes. Now, the guys with term, the Tory Krugs, the Pavel Buchnevichs, the Jordan Bennington's, those guys, those are a different story. It's hard to predict what could happen with them before the trade deadline. I've continued to say I think those are off-season type moves if you do make them. Uh, but I think Doug Armstrong's just going to have to stay status quo here and let this team uh, see if it can make the playoffs and not make any substantial moves. What kind of candy bar? <laughs> <laughs> it matters. It matters. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of something that was kind of meaningless, and I accidentally came up with something that's very important to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait a second. I like that. JR, when you're looking at the potential of Buchnevich and and why he could be traded, does the call-up of Zachary Bulldog and potentially um, Snuggerud coming up, does that impact that as well? I think so a little bit, but here's the thing. is Doug says that he wants to remain competitive throughout this retool that St. Louis couldn't stomach a five, six, seven, eight-year rebuild. And, and, you know, I guess you have to agree with him. You know, the attendance was pretty slim back in 06, 07, 08. You know, and ownership and, and the chairman, Tom Stillman, seemed to be on board with this. And so if you're going to remain competitive, you're going to have to have guys like Pavel Buchnevich on the roster, even if you have a Snuggerud, a Dvorsky, a Bulldog, because these guys are so unproven. So, I mean, you can be excited about them, and you can put them in the, in the lineup next year, a couple of them, and maybe two years you got all three of those guys, regulars in the lineup, but are the Blues going to be competitive? It would kind of go against what uh, Doug Armstrong has been saying, what he wants to do. Jeremy Rutherford is joining us right now on the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. He's our Blues insider with The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. Okay, so Justin Falk was placed on long-term IR yesterday, uh, JR, as you know, which begs the question, how are the Blues going to manipulate the cap a la the Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights, and who are we going to get at the deadline using all that money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're going to pull a couple guys. Uh, Pavel Detsuk out of retirement, give him a nice contract. Uh, no, I, I the so the Prinovich thing, they put him on IR, but he was retroactive, so he can come off at any time. The Justin Falk situation is a little bit unclear to me in terms of why they put him on long term. Uh, I, I realize that it's to maximize that LTIR money. If they did want to bring in some salary, we saw Justin Falk on the ice today. 
when you see a guy come back like that, you think it could be close. Uh, afterwards, Drew Bannister said, guys, uh, I don't think he's any closer at this point. We're not counting on him anytime soon. So it could be a situation where you're trying to open up some cap space with the deadline looming here. Uh, but uh, by and large, you know, the bottom line is that uh, Justin Falk skating, obviously getting a little bit closer if we can see him with our eyes here. But I think in terms of uh, the LTIR, you know, a lot of that stuff happens with Doug Armstrong and, and uh, his uh, capologist, Ryan Miller, assistant GM, Ryan Miller, and they do those things, uh, you know, to, to, to make sense in terms of the financials for the team. So in terms of who's going to be on the ice tomorrow, it's not going to be Justin Falk. Jared, going back to Scott Perunovich, uh, a lot of our listeners don't really understand the situation he's in with restricted free agency or unrestricted free agent. Are you able to maybe clarify that a little bit as to the number of games he would have to play and why? Yeah, I think I just looked this up a couple days ago, and I hope that the numbers are accurate for you, Riv. Uh, And you you did touch on that question a couple minutes ago. Sorry, I didn't address it. But um, so with Scott Perinovich, he's played 50 NHL games, I believe. That's what it was when I looked it up. And I think he's got to get to 74, 75 to become a unrestricted free agent. So he's got uh 24 25 that he has to play and the blues have what 29 remaining so he has to play almost all but the 29 uh 25 of the 29 remaining to become an unrestricted free agent um just because it's set up that way with uh the contracts you know if you don't play a certain number of games throughout the first few years of your career you know then they allow you to become an unrestricted guy so is it unrestricted if he plays those games or if he gets those games in he remains restricted they should be the way I understand it should become uh, unrestricted if he gets to that point. Okay, I was under the impression it was the other way around, but I, 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 yeah, I need to double check that, but it could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have no idea. So yeah. we'll see. It's gonna be interesting for the Blues, though, based on these games. Do you think the Blues would entertain moving Scott Perunovich? You know, I think there's a possibility, but I mean, it's that situation where you're uh, selling so low. He's been injured, and when he's been in there, he's looked fine. So I think that. With uh, Skaparinovich, if you can keep him playing and you can keep him healthy, you know perhaps there could be some trade value there. But also, you look at losing Marco Scandella potentially this offseason. You also look at uh, the situation with Tory Krug. Are they going to investigate trying to move him? So, you know, who are you going to have on that left side? Certainly, you could go into unrestricted free agency and try to bring somebody in or do a trade too. But Perinovich is a guy who I think can fit when he's healthy. We just got to see a long stretch of that. JR, great stuff as always, man. Looking forward to that article you have coming up about the trade deadline. Appreciate your time. Yep. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, JR. That's Jeremy Rutherford with the Athletic. He's our Blues Insider again at JP Rutherford if you want to give him a follow on Twitter. We've got the Sports Six Pack coming up. So 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. You got a question for us, send it in, and we'll uh we'll answer it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. With Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalters, Andrew Marsh, with your questions from the Air Comfort Service text line. Question number one. All right, from the 618, how do you guys feel about a fan wearing team gear to a sporting event 
that doesn't represent either team playing, i.e. Post Malone wearing the Cowboys jacket to the Super Bowl. Personal pet peeve of mine. Hmm. Hey, doesn't bother me. I don't like it either. I, it's not. It's not like I'm. I'm really annoyed by it. But a fan was it? Marlon I just think guy it's stupid. Or what? What fan is it that? Marlon guy. Marlon yeah, guy. Marlon's guy. Yeah. Yeah, but why are you going? Why are you going to like? You go he to, likes the Marlins. Go to Maybe the Cardinals he lives Pirates in game. You're gonna wear San Diego Orioles the, shirt. Sure. You represent yeah. your team. That's a true. That's true fandom. You represent your, your team no matter where. Doesn't matter. You're always on my, They're always on my mind. I think it's dumb. Nah. Just a. I don't have a problem with it. Whatever, man. Everybody's different. I don't care what you wear. Just wear you know, something. It's basically what you're saying. Just is look, have fun and cheer really loud. It, you're basically saying, "Look at me." That's what you're saying. Maybe. You're saying, "Look at me." Maybe. I know. I know the team's not playing that I'm wearing. But what about just getting care. in the moment? You're just like you're at a sporting event, and you're a big football fan. And let's say you wear your Battle Hawks jersey because you love the Battle Hawks. It's a great conversation piece, and you just want to be like, "I'm in the moment, man. I'm I'm sporting right now." Like. What the hell's your problem? What the hell's your, let me, let me ask you, you, let me ask you something. Says, look what's, at your, me. what's your problem? <laughs> you and your take. That's Why can't an you awful just take? I mean, if you're not a fan of either so, team, what just if a kid wear just a wants to t-shirt. go and wear a jersey, and you're like, oh, look at me, look at that kid. No, he's not. I, I wouldn't blame the. I wouldn't. I certainly you wouldn't blame, blame the, the kid. I'd blame the parents. Bad parenting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> bad, parent. bad parenting. Now. Hey, you gotta sit. You gotta sit the young man or young woman down and say, "Listen, you're, you can't uh, wear your favorite jersey to this yeah. game because that team it doesn't isn't make any playing. sense. Because we don't want everybody looking at you. I, yeah, I agree kid. with you, Anthony. Thank you. I think it's stupid. I appreciate Who you. Who hurt Mark. you, Anthony, from the six one eight? Nobody hurt me. That's what the six one eight. Come on. No, you know what? I have standards. Okay, <laughs> that's I have standards. <laughs> I have one. Sorry, e- one exception to the rule: if the jersey that you are wearing has the name on the back of a player that is currently playing in that game, that's fine. I'll allow it. It's fine. Wow, all these fine. Like rules. if I go to the Enterprise Center and it's the Blues taking on, who, they're playing the Islanders, right? And I right. see a guy wearing a Blackhawks jersey, yeah, you which me? happens all the time. That guy's a loser. That guy's saying. Hey, look at me. Look, look at me. I'm my a team. Blackhawks fan. Our team's yeah. won Stanley Cups 10 years ago. <laughs> right. Three of them. That the fact now that they're you, terrible. The fact that, that you guys say? even care about that is a bigger issue for me. <laughs> Enjoy the frigging game. Quit looking at other people. Watch the you game. You should be watching the game. Yeah. Why is that idiot got a well, look at Bears that. jersey on who it. Goes, who goes to Rams a game and just game. stares yeah. at the field or the ice the entire time without looking? Looking around. I'm just going to look. Why, why does it bother That's you? It. Why are you it's, at it's, that? An inning, it's an inning change. I'm just, I'm still, I, can't, I can't miss it, the warm-up. I'm just going to watch it. You got to make sure Sonny Gray is... Uh... What psychopath does that? I'm not asking you to do that, Anthony, but why would your attention go to somebody in another jersey and then get angry? To me, I already picture this, Kerry. Anthony's at the Cardinals game. It's an inning and a half in. He's been having fun so far. He's watching it whatnot. He's had a couple of beers already. And all of a sudden, Anthony catches out of the corner of his eye because the, the Cardinals are playing the Cubs. Mm-hmm. He sees a Marlins jersey. Mm. And now his day is ruined. Mm. But... I, I I just don't even understand. Now, How's that guy here for? Never mind focusing on the game the whole time. Now he can't do anything but focus on the Marlins that feels jersey. Like a, uh, I can see skit. it. 
Totally. Yeah, Jamie. Ruin the rest of his day. His kids would be crying because dad didn't pay attention. His wife is upset because dad's upset. Nobody understands why there's so much hey, stress. Hey, dad, did you see that double play? No! Look at this Marlins jersey from this idiot. What are you doing here? Go home! <laughs> he knows it's true. Look at him. As if you guys don't have pet peeves. I'm just honest about mine. And Here's my pet peeve. Our texter text in, hey, it's a pet peeve of mine. Hey, I'm with you. And these two guys are, why does it bother you? Why does it bother you? It is a pet peeve. I, I do apologize. You go ahead. You're fine. Uh, these guys, they didn't get bothered by anything, Marsh. Nothing. Nothing bothers them. No pet peeves for them. Meanwhile, Jamie, for a half an hour, is talking about merging a certain way on one of the shows recently. Was I? Yes. What did I do? You even had a name for it. You called it like the... Oh, the zipper. The zip, thank yeah. you. The zipper? Yeah, well, yeah because He's telling you know, people when you how do to drive. your zipper... Here, Carrie, look at no, I'll show okay. you. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you. I don't know. You just, you do you just, I'm listening. Oh, you okay. <laughs> Every piece of the zipper... Is like one on top, like it goes in a row. Right. Like it's not all, not all the pieces slam. Right. So when you're merging onto mm. the highway, or you're merging to where there's a lane of traffic, it should be like one car, one yes. car, one car, one. That way nobody gets backed up. Okay. The zipper, oh. we call that. Hmm. Anthony wouldn't know because you just drive like a madman. <laughs> Get out of the way! We have proof. Here's your zipper. Get out of the way! We got receipts, as the kids say. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's carry this over. I know we only got to one question. It's okay. We can get to two. No. No? We can't. You're going to cool off from this. You're going to cool off a okay. little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time. i got to make sure I don't have the wrong t-shirt on. I'm going to walk away. All right? And when I come back, we're going to answer the rest of these five questions. Okay? All right. I'm going to take a little break here. <laughs> Go shower. Sports 5 back next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now. Five hundred one. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Carrie Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's continue the sports six pack. Question two, number please. two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So clearly, Anthony and me, uh, we're not big fans of people that uh, wear different jerseys to a game that has that team not actually playing in the game. Don't get them going again. No, don't. I might from the six three six. What about wearing different brands together, like Adidas socks and Nike shoes? <laughs> no. That's fine. No, it is not. Oh, How's no. that fine? It's not okay. It's athletic gear? Uh, yeah. not, nope, 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 nope. They're different brands. You don't wear Adidas shoes, Nike socks, and Reebok sweatshirt. So then you got to be Why a billboard? Yeah. Yeah, no. You, 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 what, are you a billboard for all three companies now? No, but if I wear an Under Armour t-shirt, nah. I got to wear Under Armour pants, Under Armour socks, Under Armour shoes. You should. No. 
You should. I, I live my Marsh. life. My life doesn't consist of wearing a uniform every day. Uh, well, I'm, with, I'm with Jamie you on this. You do look a lot more crisp when, when you're you wearing have, Nike you like go. shoes. You got the. Yeah. No one might not see the Nike socks if unless you got shorts on, but if you got a nice Nike polo on or a nice yeah. Nike. Uh, yeah. Quarter we, we zip. Draw, I do. The, I, I do draw the disagree. line. I do draw you. the line there. I completely. No, no, no. Why does it bother? Why does it bother you so much here? It doesn't seem like it's just. Doesn't seem like it's right. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't, Why do you focus doesn't... on that? Shouldn't you just be worried about living I, your I, life? Yeah. <laughs> Not worried about other people? What? Very valid point. <laughs> I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Hell, I don't care. Well, you do. I do you kind of care. I feel I feel like there's some some judgment coming out right bit. now. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you should... Uh, not wear those Reebok shoes with Nike socks. Hmm. I just right. don't. Sounds... I had my Under Armour pants on and a T-shirt the other day with Adidas shoes. Now, Car- I know Carrie was Carrie's... judging you. <laughs> Carrie was. I didn't even mm. see it. Oh, you didn't. Really huh? you. It's just my personal well, opinion. Well, if you didn't see yeah. it, it obviously doesn't bother you that much. <laughs> it, mm. it bothers me for me. Yeah. It's just my thing. So you wouldn't caught. You wouldn't be caught dead wearing, you know, Adidas. Under Armour, Nike, Probably. at the same time. Not intentionally. But not you don't not care if others purpose. do it. You do whatever the hell you want to do. Not what For I said. me and mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no question thanks. three. That's great. <laughs> question number three. Well, since we're talking about things that annoy people, from the 314 guys last night at the City SC game, there was a guy behind me screaming at the coach to make certain moves. Mm. We were in the upper bowl, as you could imagine. What's the most annoying thing you hear fans yell at games? <laughs> Clear it! Clear it. <laughs> that's Anthony. There's, there's no way that's more annoying than shoot. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> Not really. Shoot! As soon as I get the offensive, as soon as I get past the blue line, shoot! No play, no play recognition, no nothing. Power play, just shoot! Yeah, that's pretty annoying. Well, I, I think... As a high school coach, some of the things that I would hear, I, I tended to respond though. We're on the ball. Yeah. No. It's third and fifteen. <laughs> no one want to. I would respond. I had a parent ask, "Why is it thirty-five in the game?" Because he don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> the hell are you talking to? Are you at practice? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. I know he doesn't know. Why don't you know he doesn't know? Sir, have you, have you asked him? Have you asked him? You're just gonna Ask me. Criticize I'll me. I'll tell you. Oh, don't criticize me. Your child needs to be better. We hold kids accountable, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> the shoot is definitely the one for mm-hmm. me. It's just like... Or just, got, well, sometimes Jamie, when I hear people... Jamie. Like, just, like the, a play that happens and they try to, like... Explain it or something, and they're like yelling, like, "Why did they? Why didn't they do the double double drop pass thing? <laughs> what, what are you even talking about? It's right not a now? thing. It's not a thing at all. <laughs> you just invented it. You're just mad. <laughs> Is there anything in baseball that people yell yeah, out? Throw strikes. Throw strikes. Throw I'm strikes. trying. <laughs> Throw strikes. Yeah, Try exactly. He's out there trying to walk the hit house. Hit the ball. Damn it, hit the ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Swing the bat. Yep, that's a that's good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That is kind of annoying, yeah. though, when they do stand there. And... What are you looking at? What are you waiting on? That hammer that I thought was... <laughs> well, that's a, that's a bat, Anthony. Nope. I was waiting for a fastball. Dude threw a 
Absolute <laughs> hammer. <laughs> That's what I was staring at. That's why it would be confusing. Yeah. Uh, you never hear people say, ah, hit the cutoff, man, or like right, just something. Right, no, just swing the bat, swing throw the strikes. Bat, throw the, the yeah. Catch the ball. Yeah. Make Catch the, the ball. safe play. <laughs> swing the bat. Oh, you never, good idea. You never hear. You I never was s- waiting for 98 on the corner. Dude threw me a slider. I buckled. I buckled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Could you imagine if everyone out in the outfield, all the fans, if there's like two outs, they all put their fingers up. Two, we got two. Yeah, yeah. We got two. Remind you. Yep. Let you know. Just to remind you. Yeah, fans knew it. Oh man, this is great. <laughs> Question number four. All right, from the six three six. Do you think there will ever be a time when GMs will get together and not offer massive contracts? Yes, we've seen it in the NFL. It's called collusion. And it's illegal. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying. They call it strategy. It's kind of mm. called collusion. <laughs> they it's call illegal. It <laughs> it's not something you're able to do. We do, though. It's do. awfully tough to prove, too. It is. Yeah. Unless you got text messages. <laughs> it's kind of and people calling the wrong person to tell him that he got hired. Oh, <laughs> you got the job, Brian. You talking to me? You know, this is... It's Brian, Brian Flores. Flores. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Ooh. thought it was the other Brian. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> Who did he think he was texting? Brian Dayball. <laughs> yeah, you got the Giants job. Wait, this is Brian Flores. I didn't even apply. I didn't even apply. <laughs> I, wasn't, I did? <laughs> Coach, that you know is this amazing. is. Coach Belichick, you know this is Brian Flores, right? Oh, sorry about that. Not you, Brian. No. The other guy. Not the Brian. same person. The other bald Brian. Not the same color. <laughs> It's just way off. <laughs> not, even close. Close. not even close. Like, I don't have hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the only thing. Man. Uh, by the way, going back to the uh, most annoying things to say at a sporting event, the 417 says the most the most annoying is the get it in the hole guy at golf tournaments. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's a good one. It matters. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not does. trying. Right. Yeah. I try to hit one in the sand. Thank get you. Get a par five here. Yeah, get in the hole. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. That's good. Question number five. Uh, this one comes from Abfusco. With Adam Silver's announcement that the G League Ignite team may soon be unviable due to NIL, can you see a future where the NCAA will overtake minor league sports as the main pipeline to the pros? Hmm. Does it make them more money? Because if, if if they can find a way to monetize it, then uh, of course, then it, yes. it'll never take over. Because you're still going to have guys that won't ha- like the eligibility thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so you got a guy who went to four years of college, let's say, and he and then he takes his shot at playing pro, signs a contract, not quite ready yet. So they send him down AAA. That's why you have minor league. What are you going to send him back to college? Right. No, he can't come here. Sorry. Like that's the problem yeah. the NFL has right now. Mm-hmm. They they don't have a minor league system. No, they really don't. Right, and if you just if you get an agent, you're done. You yeah. can't go back. That's right. So no, I don't see it doing that at all. Yeah. I think maybe some of the lower tiered leagues start to disappear because they don't have the finances to to have some of that going on. Hmm. But as far as like your true developing, like closer to the big leagues, those will never disappear. Question number six. All right, guys, this is a real tweet. And there is a story behind it from John Denton. How serious is St. Louis Cards rising star Nolan Gorman about his craft? Oh, boy. 
He gave up his favorite brand of popcorn to lose 10 pounds and reduce the inflammation in his back. The hope wow. is he'll be available for more games and possibly reach his huge home run potential. Now, is there something that you guys gave up to help your athletic career when you were playing? When I was what? playing or now? <laughs> we, we can we can when go I was to playing, now. Uh, so here's the truth. I will say this. Um, I don't think you guys are surprised to hear that uh, I enjoy adult beverages. What? Yeah. No, it's a newsflash. Every year, and my brother and I, too, my brother played pro hockey, played a little bit in the NHL, and four years older than me. So we would always have a massive shaker July 1st weekend, which is our July 4th in Canada. And when I'm saying massive shaker, like we had the three places at the lake. It was my place, my parents, and my brother's place all in a row, lakefront. And people would come and stay and put tents up. and put, like, It was 100 people minimum. Mm -hmm. They would come for this weekend, and we would, like, get it on. Following that weekend, my brother and I always would stop drinking from then until training camp was over. Mm. It's, resp it's responsible. Well, we knew... Like, we got to get back to business here. Mm -hmm. And so we'd stop drinking, like, anything and start training hardcore for all those weeks that were left before training camp and then get getting through all of training camp and preseason. And then once the regular season starts, now, you know, start to enjoy a beer after a game or sure. whatnot. So that's the one thing that I would do, you know, amongst other dietary things. Yeah. That, But that was the big one. For me, I wouldn't allow anyone. Like, I, I am a snacker. Like, I like to eat chocolate and cakes and pies and so you can't bring that into my house cookies no you, you wouldn't even oh you should have willpower yeah the willpower is keeping it out of the <laughs> yeah, home right do not bring it in here yeah. the discipline because is knowing that i don't have my brain discipline. works yeah, that, yeah so i wouldn't have that uh in my home at all i just i knew i was going to eat all of it if it was there so i i made sure i would give myself on uh either friday night in college or saturday night um, in the NFL, I would get ice cream, mm -hmm. we, we, but a huge bowl of ice cream at, at our team dinner. That would, that would be my, that would get me my fix. <laughs> I had to have it, but that would be my fix. But I did not. I tried to go. I went one time without any carbs. One of my team, well, you should go oh, without carbs. Man. I went two weeks. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks you made two, it? Two weeks. <clears throat> and I almost passed out in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Throw energy. Grab a loaf of bread. Mm. And just start hammering it down. <laughs> <laughs> I called him. I said, I, I think I almost died. He's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I tried you that too that one year. Out. Toward the back, back end of my career, you know, they, you're always trying to like have good body fat percentage and all that yeah. stuff. And, you know, you're older. I mean, I wasn't in, I wasn't out of shape. I was still in shape. But I knew I had to compete against all these younger guys that are coming in with like 6% body fat. I was hovering somewhere around the 10 or 11%. I'm like, okay, how can I get down a little bit here? Well, eliminate carbs. I'm going to yeah. do, like, do like those wrestlers do and just cut. 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 Yeah. Well, then great. I started skating. Like, I, I went about two weeks, yeah. too. But it was like I tried to go for like the last month before training mm -hmm. camp. But two weeks in, I'm skating around. I'm lightheaded. I no like jump in my step at all. I was like, I don't want to feel like such crap. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing I always did. Then I talked to the, the trainer. I'm like, yeah, he's like, well, what are you eating? I'm like, he's like, 
Oh, bro, you're going to die. You're gonna, you're gonna don't, worry about, don't worry about the body, body fat. Just How about you just play the game? Yeah. You're fine. Yikes. All right, it's the Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. The Blues, they got to get better five on five. What's the, uh, what's the best way to do that? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Jamie, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but it is it is an important factor now moving forward for the Blues. they got to get better five-on-five. Five. And when it comes to their five-on-five five play, what do you look what do you what have you seen? Let's start there before we move on and talk about what needs to happen. What have you seen out of the recent five-on-five five play? Well, I don't see enough getting inside. You know, Craig Berube used to talk about that a lot, and so does Drew Bannister. And you go around the NHL, and a lot of the head coaches are talking about getting to the inside Mm -hmm. in order to create offense, and the Blues just aren't doing that enough. And sometimes when they get inside, they're not then they're not taking the shot on net, so they're not generating even though they're getting inside. So I think a more of a get to the inside and get the puck to the net mentality certainly could help in, in that situation. But yeah, they're just to me. It's just not enough of that getting to the dangerous scoring areas for the Blues at five on five. I don't know why. But they're doing it. They're doing it more <clears throat> power play, right? Yeah, but power play. It's power easier. Play is it's, it's easier. It's, it's it's easier. It's different, mm-hmm. and the, the whole concept is different. Sure. Um, five on five, you got to earn your ice a little bit more, and I think that this is where you know the depth in in the lineup too hasn't helped the Blues. I think they are very, excuse me, they're a very deep lineup when it comes to solid players. But they're not very deep when it comes to scoring, five on five. Mm -hmm. You look at some of the other guys that are out there, a lot of them are power play points. So I think for me, getting more play on the inside certainly would help, and getting more sustained time of possession in the offensive zone. Well, the Blues have kind of crept back at times to being a team that is trying to capitalize off the rush. Well, it's fine, but teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs are rush teams. Yeah, they've got three lines of guys that can score off the rush, and they that's can do it. That's what they do, and they also suffer then defensively too. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that give up a lot of outnumbered opportunities back defensively. There's a lot of odd man rushes. There's a lot of these things because they focus solely, since they solely so much on scoring off the rush. You're the St. Louis Blues. You don't have nine guys deep of five-on-five scoring, Mm -hmm. so you have to find a way to create a more sustained offensive zone uh, scheme and and protect the puck and keep it down low and outwork the opposition. Is it more just a matter of being more aggressive? And and with that, if that's the case, is that defensemen being more aggressive and – does that lead to potentially I man rush it the other way? Well, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. And, and here's here's how it screws up, Kerry, is if you don't get sustained offensive zone time mm-hmm. and you're just a rush team, then your defense kind of become at risk. Mm-hmm. And let me explain. Let's say I'm 
playing defense for the Blues, and I see my line, my forward guys, heading up the ice, there's a gap. I can join. I can be that next layer of offense. They make one pass in the offensive zone, shoot the puck wide, and now I'm chasing yeah. the play back the other way. So what happens is I get burned a few times like that. So now the next time we're heading up the ice, I'm not on my toes. Yeah. I'm not as eager to join that rush. So I hold back thinking, eh, I'm not going to get burned Seen again like before. that. Yeah. yeah. And then what happens is maybe the turnover happens. And now the other team create team speed because there's a gap now. Yeah. Because I wasn't up to play or up the ice fast enough to close the gap, to be a part of it, now there is a gap, and the other team can generate speed and momentum coming back. And now as a defenseman, I can't really stand up. Mm. You end up giving away the lines. That's what they call it. So you give up the red line. You give up the blue line because you don't have the back pressure. Gotcha. And if you're overly aggressive, then they burn you. So for a team to have success to be able to activate your defensemen, the defensemen have to be able to trust the forwards in what the forwards are going to do with the puck. Goes back to that word predictable. Right. And if I don't if if my forwards are unpredictable with the puck or they're ineffective mm -hmm. at finding good offense with the puck, I have to be careful. I have to be back there. Otherwise it's gonna go back the other way and I'm gonna get crapped on because like, right. well, why are you up the ice? You give it three on one the other way. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, the play really didn't start with me. Mm -hmm. It started with another decision by another teammate, but I end up being the last guy right. to be invited to the party, so it's my fault. Yeah. So uh, Jamie, how do you how do teams fall fall in and out of bad ha habits here? You're talking because I mean you're talking about something I, I made the I made the, the statement earlier about how some people would some fans and media would just hey just change up the lines find the right com combination of lines and you're like no they have to it, it goes back to X's and O's when it comes to five on five play so how do teams and players fall out of the basics well you start having a little bit of success in other areas so if you're having a lot of success in the offensive zone you're getting to the inside start scoring some goals guys are starting to feel it a little bit start to feel good. And then what happens is you start to get a little cuter and you start to make plays off the rush that ordinarily you wouldn't make because, well, we're having success. And even as a coaching staff, you're like, ah, you know what? Let's overlook it. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm not a good coach. It's just like, I, I can't be that guy. I like to, they haven't been doing this very often. So we just let them be, you know, whatever. But then it starts to become contagious a little bit. And then players are not having the success that they want to have. So now they start to press or start to do things that are out of character this is why it's a constant grind for coaching staffs because you have to continuously remind your players of the style of play that makes your team and the individual mm. successful. And I'm not saying that Drew Bannister and the coaching staff is not reminding these guys because no. I'm down there for a lot of the home games and I see and I hear a lot down there and they are, they're on them. They're on them to be forechecking harder, taking away passing opportunities, supporting the puck better, play harder away from the puck, all of these things. But it's constant. And it just, no matter what team you are in the NHL, there's ebbs and flows in the amount of offense you can create. And there's ebbs and flows of how dedicated you are to whatever system that it is that you're playing. So if you're a rush team like the Maple Leafs, you know, you're not going to have, like when I was with the Red Wings, not a whole lot of dump and chase right. with the Red <laughs> Wings. Nobody's going to be down Nobody's there. Nobody's going to get that puck. Yeah. So, you know, you each team has their own strength, and it's up to the players and the coaching staff to hold themselves accountable in that situation and realize what makes them successful and continue to duplicate that over and over and over again. And those teams that do that are the ones that have the most success. And I think that's why 
the Blues last year, you know, it it was what it was. This year, when the Blues fall out of their predictable game, you see it, yep. and they end up being games like I don't know what I just watched, right? And but that's what you watched. You watched a team that's disconnected for that game or mm-hmm. for that period. Sure, they're not supporting each other. They're not going to the areas where they know they have success. They're not sticking to their recipe, and that's where it falls out of sync. And then it's it is a job. Then it's a task to get things back lined up the right way. You usually need a good practice. Like there's you got to start turning the bus around a little yeah. bit. That's Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Anthony Stoltz. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. We have our biggest question of the day next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Anthony Stalter. Here goes that. Go team. Now, Kerry's going to be like, eh, I don't uh, know if this is a good fit for this show. <laughs> Just that quickly. I wish I could let you know what happened, but I can't. Oh, Kerry's a great fit. To protect, to protect Jamie. Marsh, what do you got for biggest question of the day, kid? Uh, so our biggest question of the day is, Anthony, why do you hate the guy that wears the Marlin shirt? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, we we kind of talked about this yesterday, uh, the college football playoff and how it was officially it's good to go, right? The 12-team playoff. Uh, do you agree with how the new college football playoff is structured with the top four teams being the college uh, conference champions and whatnot. So I I, I think I got a better understanding of it. It's the top five teams of the conferences, no matter what conference they are, where they're seeded at. We missed that yesterday. Yeah, so so it's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily the Pac-12. We typically don't. And Big Ten, (laughs) true, SEC, ACC, and and whatever else I'm missing. The MAC. No, they're not one of them. But it's the top five seeds from those conferences. Yeah. So if the, if a Pac-12 team is fortunate enough to to make it into that top five, then they are. They will be part of it. But it's those five teams and then the, the next top seven, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. I, I don't have any issues with it. I think it's going to be, first of all, the fact that we got away from four teams, the fact that we got from BCS to now to the 14 playoff to now we have 12 teams, I am so thankful because it gives some of those teams an opportunity and then hopefully we'll see less of the you know players taking that game off you know we will we'll see more people playing you know you won't have more people those people sitting out the the mizzou versus ohio state game they Mm -hmm. have pretty a a lot of their starters not in that game mizzou won but to be able to play a team that is fully loaded with all of their players Trying or vying for a national championship, I think that's going to be the best part about this 12-team playoff. I I think I think it's going to be interesting to see. Like I never thought about that, but you're right. So it's a meaningful game. Yeah, right? yeah. You won't have players but, opting out. Hopefully. Well, that's okay. So my brain, I just like, if you're a 12 seed in this thing, and you're a team like you're like, there's no way. Yeah. You're taking on. Are you the still one seeded Georgia? You, do you think you'll still see two? I don't. So Some opt-outs? I, I, what I think that the I NCAA is going to have to do. I hope not do, either. I hated the opt-outs to begin with. I so. think they're going to have to move back the transfer portal as well because part of that reasoning that players were opting out because first one in, 
are the first ones to get looked at. Mm. And so if you move it back until after the actual entire season is over, because I think the window started in December, which that's playoffs and, and, and bowl games and all those things. The players like, hell with that. I'm yeah. I'm getting out of here so yeah. I can be looked at and be seen by another uh, a coaching staff. So if you move it back until after the college football playoffs are over, then I think it's yeah, fair. I think it's fair for everyone that would that's be involved. That's a smart thing to do. That for would sure. be the, the, the we, we talked about that last the best year. Best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Because if you don't do it that way, you you still will have people potentially well, opting out. What I'm about to say probably it, it it probably won't come into play. But the only thing I don't like about ranking the teams one through five, like hey, there's our conference champions, right? One through five, because that's what it is, right? Five. Well, it's the top five. So top it, five. Matter what, it doesn't matter. You know. The conferences that they're they're from, I believe. So it's not. I don't think it's necessarily the conference winner. Mm-hmm. So if an SEC school has the number one seed and the number three seed, but a Big Ten school won the Big Ten championship and they're yeah. sixth somehow, they stay six. They stay six. I'm good with is it. what I believe. I'm good yeah. with it. No, no. I think it's if the Big Ten say they're the number six team, right? Mm-hmm. They'll jump. Another team, they get the top. They get the top picks. Well, violence is the never top, the answer. Uh, if they, if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, then I don't like it. Well, that's well, that's why people are, are bringing up Notre Dame because Notre Dame's not in a conference. And let's say Notre Dame's the number one team in the nation, they get dropped to six. Yeah. If that's the case, I don't like. I don't like that. See, then, I, then you're then you're putting too much emphasis on on winning the conference mm-hmm. as opposed to having the 12 best teams for the well, tournament, which if, is what it should be. If Notre Dame is number one and they are not in a conference, they how, there's no way they get dropped out of the top five. That's not that, that, there's no way. Unless that's what the oh, I can't what the rules wait for are. controversy. I'm already excited there's no way. about it. Notre Dame is top five, top four, top five, and they get pushed back. Because one of the conferences... Yeah, that doesn't make any that sense. Doesn't, it, it would have to be... I, I, listen, I'm not... I'm, not, I'm probably not smart Just to... Uh, look, just all me, I want... Explain just, it better, people. Can we just talk about what we want? I, what I want is... Just I want the 12, 12 best teams. That's yes. what I want. Never I want the 12 seeding, best teams. seeding does matter. Because if you don't have yes, to play... Ranked. If you don't have to play the number one seed... Right. As soon as you would, being, you know... If you're number three versus or number two versus being number four or five, that I, I that, that could change yeah. things. But you rank them rank them one through twelve, but give me the twelve best teams as opposed to saying, well, we have to have this team yeah, I don't think who that, won the conference. Conference the conferences the conference are, are lopsided. Yeah. Yeah. The, the SEC not, and the Big Ten yeah. are not the ACC and the Pac-12. No, no. You know, the, I mean, come on. You don't play the same schedule, especially now. We got all these teams joining the Big Ten and joining the the SEC. Yeah. So I don't want college football to use the conferences as some holy grail when it doesn't make any sense to. I want the top twelve teams ranked, and let, then let's get it on. All right, Jamie. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. I am excited to see the, the tournament next year. Yeah. Miles. I was going to say Marvin yeah. Gaye. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's different. You're thinking of Miles Davis? No, no, no. No, no, no. Miles Davis. Yeah, Miles Lane. Yeah, Miles Lane. Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Something didn't sound right. He just didn't sound beside his nose. Mills Lane. That's right. And all I can think about is Celebrity Deathmatch on <laughs> hey, MTV. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Well played. Do you remember Good that? Times. I do. Marsh, you, you, you're really What is it called? It. 
celebrity death match. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard of it. It's claymation. It yeah. was. It was claymation. Yeah. On Adult different... Swim? No, no, no. MTV. No, MTV. Ah. Yeah, they had That's different. That's a different uh, one. On ah. Yeah. yeah, they had different <laughs> celebrities <laughs> fighting to the death. And fighting Mills, to the and Mills death. Lane was always the referee. Yep. Let's get it on. Like, little like claymation people, little yeah, claymation yeah. fighting to the, to death. the well, death. Who was the who wore whoever the belt? Was. Whoever, whoever. No, yeah, there was there's no different... belt. It would be like people who in the tabloids maybe had beef. Yep. Like at one time yeah. when it was Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. Okay. They would be claymations and they would have like weapons and like they'd cut an arm off. And, yeah. Like, blood bleed everything. Yes. Like you sure that was, was an Adult Swim? Nope. Pretty, nope. nope. <laughs> it was definitely MTV. I've seen all of it. Back in the nineties. It 90s, was MTV. Eh, yeah. 2000s. It was. It's grotesque, wow. but you had to watch it. You just it, didn't know who the, it was the celebrity was going to win. Yet, um, yet an art form. Yeah, yeah, very it's uh, real art. Intriguing. That celebrity real art. Art. Mm -hmm. yeah. Moving art. But, oh yeah, no, mm. no doubt. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it does yeah, sound you intriguing. To, you have to check it out. You youngins, you can YouTube it. I think. <laughs> I'll you go, go on YouTube. Yeah, you'll find it. Okay. <laughs> What? Things I didn't think I'd be talking about today. Celebrity <laughs> deathmatch. All because you brought up Mills Lane. Let's get it on. Bet the board. Three stars of the day. Criticisms, compliments. Next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or the free 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time to bet the board. I should have known as soon as I said my pick and Carrie and Jamie said, oh, man, they wanted it too, that I should have just not uh, taken the Vegas Golden Knights last night. So I lost. Carrie, complete scramble mode. Barely looked at the games beyond the Vegas Golden Knights. Said, oh, I'll take Arkansas on the points. They won outright as a double-digit underdog. So, congratulations, Gary. Thank you. Uh, I think you and I are now tied, right? Is it? No. Nope. Nope. No? Nope. I'm ahead of you now. No. Jamie and I were tied. Oh, yeah. We're all, all three of us tied the board says. I forgot you were winning. My apologies. That's we're all tied now, right? No, I'm still buying. Jamie lost last night. Yeah, yeah we're all tied. <laughs> <laughs> and Marsh, how'd you do uh, yeah. last night, kid? Well, you know, on bet the board the I lost, but man, did I ever help this team? Yeah, that's, that's what's important. Mm -hmm. that's uh, what Marsh took took his ability mm -hmm. to ruin a team during a given night yeah. and put that right on the Minnesota Wild. They did, and boy, they got worked. <laughs> yeah, Six they did. to three. What matters? So, what do we got for standings? All right, so Anthony and Carrie are tied at seven and six. Jamie is six and seven, and I am three and ten. Oh, okay, All Carrie. Right. I'm going to give you uh, first first go here. I was going to Illinois, but they already started the game. Yep. And I can't pick them, huh? <laughs> no, not after tip-off. All right. Well, we you can pick them if they're behind. They are. They are behind. No? No. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. I guess I got to go with hockey. Let me Give me a second. Uh, ooh, oh, you know what? I'm going to go the Buffalo Sabres versus the Montreal Canadiens. They are minus 150. You're going with the Sabres? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In Montreal. Yeah. They're right. on the money line. I'm going to take it. Oh, it's fine. It's a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like he believes that. I don't, yeah. I don't think he believes that at all. That, 
Last time I took one from him, I lost. So, you know, he doesn't want it. So it probably is good for me. Yeah. That's great. Uh, all right. I, uh, mm. I'm going to go hoops. I'm going to, I'm going to take, yeah. I'm going to take a play. You sounded that so confident well, when you said that. So I didn't have the Wavos Rancheros last night to not take the team that everybody loved. And I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll follow in line. And then I went right into the old, you know, buzzsaw with everybody. Mm. There's no reason to take the Miami Hurricanes tonight plus five and a half as a home dog against Duke, who's rolling. I'm going to take Miami plus five and a half. That line doesn't make any sense. It, I think it should be bigger. It's not. Miami plus five and a half over Duke. Wow. Look at Anthony. He's getting all tinfoil hat here. Uh, you know. All right. I'm going to. I got to I gotta stretch my lead here. I go, actually, I got to recapture the lead. Yeah. Then stretch it. Who's leading, Marsh? We're tied. We're tied. You guys are tied. Jeez. Yeah. All right, Jamie. All right. Um, Boston Bruins. Look at that one. Edmonton Oilers. Ian Edmonton. Going with the Oilers. Minus Ooh. 135. Okay. That's for a second you're going Boston. Nope. Nope. That you're going uh, Beantown. Connor McJesus is going to have himself a <laughs> night. Fair enough. You think so? <laughs> Go with the odds on that one. Every night, huh? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Not a bad choice. All right, Marsh, who are you putting your powers or, or, or your, who are you using your powers on? Uh, I'm not using my powers on anybody tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe to help myself out. Um, I am looking at college hoops tonight. Citadel taking on Mercer. And uh, the line is at 135 and a half. Now, when these teams go up against each other, the last three times, the under is hit. However, the last time the under was at 135 and a half for Citadel, it went over. So I'm going to take the over tonight. Citadel, Mercer, over 135 and a half. Okay. Where are those wow. schools located, Marsh? You don't know. You don't care. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not part of the equation, Gary. Come on. We didn't ask him that. No. I didn't want it to know. He didn't need to know uh, that. He just wants what? The over? Yeah. I just want the over. Yeah, right. you don't care where they play. They can play in the parking lot for all, all Marsh right. cares. Just, oh, the under? No, no, oh, I'm taking oh, yeah, the over. The over, yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> what, are, what do we got for criticisms oh, and compliments? Man. All right, we got a, from the 314. This one's for me. That was funny. Marsh, if you were playing baseball, you'd be a Hall of Famer. That's I, awesome. Wow. That's great. I, I, yeah. I don't think I would, but <laughs> oh, I I agree with uh, the texter. Oh, I mean that's Why really uh, it's really nice. It, it is. is really Very nice. Kind. Very kind words. Would be a Hall of Famer. Uh, thanks, Dad. Wants everyone to know that Paramount Plus has Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, okay. And he says, I know what I'll be watching with my nightcap. There you Ooh, go. There, you, there go. you go. Wonder if they've seen it before. I don't know if it still holds up. It's sure it does, probably, right? Oh, come on. Yeah. It yeah. stands the test of time. Wasn't Certainly. Paris Hilton on one? And, yeah. and what is Tanya Nicole Harding. Ritchie? Tanya Nicole Harding Ritchie. was definitely Wasn't Nicole one. Ritchie? And Nicole Paris Ritchie Harding was. with what's her name? Uh, Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, <laughs> makes sense. It's a good pairing. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. The, uh, the 618 says, y'all crack me up. Oh, thank you, thank 618. You. Appreciate that. Take that. Jamie's Vacation Speedo, best damn show, guys. Uh, they actually think that was a different show, but 
Yeah, it was oh, a different yeah, show yeah, on, was. on FS1, right? Yes. Not two. No. Yeah, because we didn't right. know It was different, was. though. I think it was just Fox Sports. Yeah, oh, best damn sports, sports show. Yeah, yeah, Fox Fox sports, sports, yeah. Fox best damn sports, sports show. Best, we're yeah. a best damn show. Oh, right. Yeah. We're not a sports show. Way different. Right. Not at all. We Way different. Yep. Talk about Marlins fans going to Cardinal Cup. Don't get him going again. I'm sorry. I Don't. What else you got, Marsh? Highly irritable. <laughs> Just want to make sure that I plan my outfit correctly tomorrow, so Carrie doesn't. Well, yeah. Don't you mix and match oh, your brands? Right. My goodness. Hey, you do whatever you want to do. But just know I'm judging. I'm judging you <laughs> exactly. What is that jam on? Are you guys ready for you the? We're gonna uh, be scouting you out for the next mm-hmm. couple weeks, bro. Yep. Oh yeah, you get one mismatch. Don't you be throwing stones in that glass house of yours. Yeah, it's gonna be yep, like yep. stressing every day. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did say this. I did. I gotta live yeah, up to be it. Be careful. Yeah. All right, Marsh, go ahead. You ready for the uh, three stars of the day? Always. Yeah, always. Perfect. So our third star of the day goes to the guy that is just at Bush Stadium trying to have a good time. Right? He shows up. His favorite team isn't playing. Don't do it, Marsh. But man, he just wants to watch some good baseball. And he unfortunately, just loves baseball. Unfortunately, there's a guy in the stands named Anthony Stalter that's giving this wearing? guy a bunch of grief. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say anything to him. I won't. I'm not gonna say anything to him. Just Give me to watch a game. Just know I'm judging the hell out of you. You know you are. In my head, I'm every saying, time that guy gets up to go to the bathroom, you're hoping he catches your eye so you can mean mug. In my head, I'm saying to you, what the hell are you thinking? That's all. Yeah. And I'm not alone. Marsh agreed with me. I did. And I that did texter who asked us the question agrees. Go ahead, Jamie. With what? I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, your second star of the day goes to... They won the victory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll be here tomorrow. I had, yeah. to, I had to cut off the second no, part. No. We had time restraints. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we had instant replay coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? All right. And today's first star of the day. This man might, might not believe defense is important. <laughs> he may ruin court cases. But when it comes to your goaltender, St. Louis, there is only one man on the job to make sure that everyone knows that Jordan Bennington is a good goaltender. That is Ranthony! Yes! <laughs> nice job. He made the appearance today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Ranthony. I appreciate I'll, I'll it. Wherever him. he is. Wherever he is. is. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, we, what? What? I said, good job. Did you say behind bars? <laughs> no, I said, I'm proud of you. Oh. <laughs> Probably. He probably will be at some point. <laughs> Just be me sitting there. How did I get here? Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> what happened? I don't remember Where anything. am I? <laughs> I don't remember anything. I'm jail, son. Yeah. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is this? This ketchup? <laughs> All right, for Andrew Marsh, for Kerry Davis, for Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalzer. you got instant replay coming up next. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.